Believe it or not, oh, believe it or not, my sound quality was bad. Believe it or not, that song was not Wes's Walk the Dinosaur actually helped me win the most money of any limit player in 2007 on the infamous Absolute Poker. That was because I was named Electro on there, and I had a picture of an Electrosaurus, which is a type of a dinosaur, and every time I won a pot... I would quote that song, usually boom, boom, akalak, like boom, boom. And boy, did that piss people off. It tilted them big time, and it actually made them play worse. It was actually a great account I had there because it had a good table image. It was running pretty well, and it just tilted people big time. And then the whole thing was ruined when I was cheated by Grey Cat and learned that the whole site was run by cheaters. But up till then, I was the biggest winner in Limit Hold'em that year. So... The song brings back uh, bittersweet memories for me. Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Druff and Friends show. I should say it's a special edition tonight. The edition of tonight's show is something that a lot of people are looking forward to. A lot of times on this show, I cover news that is current in the poker world, usually especially news that has to do with any kind of scams or scandals going on in poker, but also general poker news. But I'm also covering the same news that a lot of other people are covering. Tonight, we have an exclusive. Tonight, I'm going to talk about something that has barely been talked about anywhere else. Tonight, we're going to discuss something that should have been discussed a long time ago, but somehow has slipped through the cracks until now. But before we get to that, and by the way, we have an interview tonight, too. We don't have that many interviews on the show, but tonight we do. It's a female, too. In fact, a good-looking female. So, just want to alert everybody that we, again, like we do every week, have a free roll. A real cash money free roll where you play on PokerFraudAlert.com. And if you're one of the winners, you get paid directly by me in cash. Not crappy poker site money that you may or may not be able to cash out. This is real cash I will send you to your bank, through PayPal, which is actually preferred, by check. Hell, you can even find me at the World Series and I will pay you your cash in person. That's on the No Fraud Online Poker Room. You can find it by going to the top of the screen of PokerFraudAlert.com and kind of in the top center you'll see No Fraud Online Poker. The free roll starts in just 12 minutes at 7.10 Pacific Time. There is no late registration. You need a separate account on the No Fraud Online Poker Room to play there. And to qualify for the free money, you need to have a registered account on the Poker Fraud Alert Forum dated June 1st, 2013 or before. Now, if you've registered on the forum after June 1st, no problem. Just email dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com, dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com, all lowercase, and convince me you've been listening to this show for at least three weeks. Convince me by telling me some things you've heard on this show that have not been in the show description. And if you convince me, I will give you an exception to qualify for this week's free money and every week's free money. All I'm trying to prevent are people showing up here just to play the free roll and have no interest in this show. So that starts at 7.10. Make sure to get over there in time if you want to play. It's actually a good free roll because we don't get that many people playing. So you have a very good shot at winning the money. This week, it's $99 in the free roll. And this is how it breaks down. 
A cool 50 bucks for first, 25 for second, 15 for third, and $9 for fourth. This money was donated not by me, but by our user base and our listeners. 70 bucks came from Belly Buster, who also runs the No Fraud Online Poker Room. So thank you very much to him. He's a very generous guy. Hotshot74 gave $12. Snowtracks gave $7. And Mulva gave $10. So thank you to the four of you. For the 99 bucks we have for this week's free roll, every week we give away money during this radio show through this free roll thanks to the generosity of our listeners and of our users. I appreciate that very, very much. Poker Fraud Alert has given away more money in our free rolls than any poker radio show or podcast in the world. Every single week we give away money, usually between like 50 and 100 bucks, sometimes more. So, what is going on tonight? What is happening tonight? Well, there is a really, really suspicious-looking site out there called PokerApproved.com. That's PokerApproved, with a D, A-P-P-R-O-V-E-D.com, that claims to be a staking site. This was brought to my attention by one of my Twitter followers last night, and the second I went there, I was fascinated. I had to learn more. I had to unravel this whole thing because it looked like it had scam written all over it. And that's exactly what we do here. And when I Googled it, surprisingly, there was very little discussion. A few threads here and there on 2 plus 2 with like three messages of people saying, hey, what's up with this? And someone's like, oh, I think it's a scam. But that was it. Like, there has been no in-depth discussion on any forums about this until now. This was brought to my attention by someone who had been observing various pro poker players arguing with poker approved itself over Twitter. And we'll get to what happened there. We'll get to why this whole thing blew up recently and what's going on and what I uncovered about it and what I continue to uncover about it. And live on this show, we're going to try to uncover more. And we have an interview related to this. So this is the main topic of tonight's show. Fortunately, there are not really that many other big stories in the world of poker since last week other than this. I mean, there's the Ben Affleck thing, but, you know, everyone's talking about that. And to me, it's not really that exciting. So we're going to spend a lot of time on this. In about half an hour after I explain everything that's going on, we will have on our guest, whose name is Anna Kate. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. At least I got the Anna part right. And she was heavily involved in this situation. As a victim, by the way, not as a a perpetrator. So we're going to have Anna Kate on at 7.30 to talk about her part in this whole thing. And we'll get to know her as well, just... uh, In addition to interviewing her about this, we will discuss the situation. Before we get going, let me give the two phone numbers of this show. The main phone number is 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355. And if you want to call our Mount Charleston line, we have a line located in Mount Charleston, Nevada. It's an old 70s telephone which sits on top of Mount Charleston. It's an old rotary phone, and it forwards to me wherever I am. That number is 702-430-1808. 702-430-1808. 
430-1808 is the Mount Charleston line. And make sure to show your caller ID before calling me, no matter which line you call, or otherwise you will not get through. You can also text me. You can text me at our main phone number, 775-372-8355. 775-372-8355. And I will read your texts on the air and probably give your area code too. We have some regular texters, we have some irregular texters, but we always get a lot of text messages during the show. I will read them even if they are, well, the type of things I'd rather not say. So... <laughs> Just keep in mind when I read the text that these are not my thoughts. These are the thoughts of our listeners. And and you can text me on that number before the show. You can text me after the show. You can text me anytime on that number, 775-372-8355, which is also our main call-in number. So just wanted to alert you to that and to our chat room. If you want to go into the chat room, go to PokerFraudAlert.com and click on the chat button at the top. All you need is an account on the forum to access the chat room. But watch out for the chat room. They can be pretty harsh in there. So those are the ways to reach me. If you call and I don't answer, don't panic. Just try back in about 15 or 20 minutes, and I'll probably answer the phone. Usually when I don't answer, it's because I'm in the middle of something. So in addition to the poker-approved stuff, other things we'll talk about tonight, Ben Affleck has been thrown out of blackjack games specifically the Hard Rock Casino in Las Vegas I will talk about what I think happened there is Ben Affleck really a card shark or is more of a big deal being made about this than really deserves a court has affirmed a $60,000 judgment against Dutch Boyd for 2 plus 2 because Dutch Boyd was cyber squatting, he had a domain called 2plus2.me, and Mason Malmuth, the owner of 2plus2, was very unhappy about this and sued Dutch. He won a $60,000 judgment against him, and that judgment has been affirmed. We'll talk a bit about that and give you, once again, my opinion of the situation, which might surprise you. We have an upcoming movie called Alligator Blood which tells the story of former payment processor and thief, by the way, Daniel Svetkov. He was probably processing a number of your payments if you played online poker a few years ago. But he also stole a lot of money that was supposed to go to you. And at the time, the poker sites ate it. That is, they just covered the money he stole. So they're going to be making a movie about him called Alligator Blood. We'll talk about that. A Montana website does a very misleading puff piece on Absolute Poker cheater Brent Beckley. He was one of the frat boys who owned Absolute Poker and cheated people. And there's a puff piece on a Montana website. He he was from Montana. It makes him look like a victim, not a perpetrator. We'll talk about that. Finally, my editorial for tonight is about bonus whoring. Bonus whoring is not about prostitution. It's not about sex. It's about finding ways to cash in on bonuses. And there's various forms of bonus whoring. There's casino bonus whoring. There's credit card bonus whoring. There's things like that. It's basically finding a way to get a bonus from a business that's offering it. And then once you get the bonus, 
stop patronizing the business. Usually something like a casino or a credit card, something like that. I will discuss whether I feel bonus whoring is ethical or unethical and why. So that's our agenda tonight. And I will jump right into our first topic here at 707. Make sure to get into the free roll. You have three minutes to get there. If you don't, it will be too late. So last night I got a tweet and someone was asking a dealer at the Mirage who calls herself Alaska Gal if she knew anything about a tournament at the Mirage for poker approved. And in the conversation back and forth, I was mentioned something like, I bet Todd Wittellis could tell you more. So I thought, no, wait, no, I can't. I know nothing about this. I've never heard of poker approved. I don't know what that is. So I asked, what are you guys talking about? Uh, I was given some quick cliffs notes on the situation. And then I decided to go to work and look into it myself. I have to admit, I wasn't that much in the mood to do that at this time. It was about 10.30 at night, which used to be very early for me, but uh, not anymore since I have to get up early with my young son. So I was feeling kind of tired. I didn't feel like researching this site, making a long post on my forum about it. But I knew I had to, and I knew I had to do it quickly, because I knew this show was coming today, which coincidentally was delayed one day for a totally different reason. Usually we have our show on Tuesdays. Tonight is on Wednesday, and I'm very happy it's on Wednesday because now I get to cover this today instead of waiting a week for it. So I went to work, and I did as much research as I could last night and found a lot of disturbing things about Poker Approved. So I put it all together in an easy-to-read and digestible format on PokerFraudAlert.com, and now there's a lot of people, including a lot of first-time listeners tonight, waiting to hear my analysis as to what I found. And more than just my analysis, we're going to actually take some action on this live tonight, if we can, like we do on this show. So here's what's going on with Poker Approved. <laughs> so before I get to Poker Approved itself. I want to talk about another staking site that existed back in November 2013 called Poker by Proxy. Now, we've talked about that before on this show. Poker by Proxy was a very, very obvious scam. It was very simple. They claimed to be professional poker players, never identified themselves, but said, we're really good poker players. Rather than play poker yourself and lose money, why not send your money to us, even though we won't say who we are, and even though you have no reason to trust us, send us your money, we'll win, and we'll pay you your share of the winnings. <laughs> now, you might laugh, you might laugh, but this actually worked. They actually got people to send them a good deal of money. Now, when I say people, I don't mean the poker community. Even the most gullible people in the poker community didn't fall for this. I mean, you had to be a complete idiot to have fallen for this if you know anything about the poker community and how staking works, or even if you just have common sense. So what they did is they targeted the Bitcoin community, and they targeted another community of people who uh, try to make fast money online and rope those people into it. And 
they they probably came off with, I don't know, 30K from the whole thing. It's surprising, but they really came away with a lot of money. And predictably, the whole thing was a scam, and they just ran off with everybody's money. So that was the end of Poker Approved. Not Poker, but Poker by Proxy. And that happened in November of 2013. That wasn't a huge story because it was very straightforward as to what it was. There was no question about it. It was very simple. It was very obvious what would happen. You didn't have to be Dion Warwick's psychic friend to see what was coming. You knew exactly what was going to happen, that Poker by Proxy was going to just take as much money as they could and then just run off with it and disappear. And that's exactly what happened. That was five months ago. Now here in May 2014, we have something a lot more complex and a lot more convoluted called Poker Approved. Now, Poker Approved, first of all, I do not believe has any relation to Poker by Proxy. They're similar in concept, but that's about where the similarities end. Well, also, I believe them both to be a scam, but uh, I don't think these are run by the same people. I was just reminded of it. Poker Approved has also existed for quite some time. There's a lot of talk about it now, but it has existed for about four years now. Poker Approved is a lot more clever than Poker by Proxy. There's a lot more facets to it, and I'm still uncovering them. So here's what's going on. Uh, You might want to take a look at the website as I'm doing this show, which is pokerapproved.com. That's poker, A-P-P-R-O-V-E-D.com. This is their introduction. Poker Approved has an active primary focus in sponsoring and staking developing career poker players and skilled poker professionals and in funding their poker bankrolls. We stake poker players and fund bankrolls for live cash games, major tournaments, and online poker. Poker Approved will stake poker players for live cash games of 1020 No Limit to 2,000, 5,000, no limit. (laughs) Yeah, that's what they claim. We also stake poker players for online poker in the U.S. and worldwide. We fund bankrolls to developing players and skilled poker professionals for cash games and main event tournaments in Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Western Europe, and Macau. Available bankrolls, $10,000 to $250,000 for non-pro players. And what if you're a pro pro player? You can get from $100,000 to $6 million in stakes from them. $6 million from these guys. Can you believe it? This is the answer to our prayers, people. $6 million. Tell me what poker player could not use six million bucks to enter cash games and tournaments. Wow. And if you're a pro player, the minimum you'll get is 100K. Hell, I'll take the 100K. I don't need the six million. Well, I do need the six million, but I'll take the 100K, seriously. But even if you're an amateur player, you get from 10,000 to 250K. That's pretty impressive, too. So unlike poker by proxy, instead of asking you for money, they are offering to give money to you. So where could the scam be? Sounds like a free roll. Even if they don't come through with the money, you don't lose anything, right? You know, at worst, you get zero. But in the best case, they really do stake you up to six million bucks. 
So, what do you have to lose? Well, like most internet offers of pennies from heaven, which is what this is, this comes with a catch. Taking a page from the classic Nigerian advance fee scams, poker-approved ask-for-money up front before they stake you. An advance fee scam is where you're promised a lot of money later on, but in order to get the money, you have to pay them something first. And of course, you know what happens next. You never get what you're promised, and you're just out the money you paid them. That's how the Nigerian scams have worked since they started about 15 years ago. And I believe, to a degree, that's what's happening here. According to various reports I received and from my own research, Poker Approved initially charged a $40 application fee to have your staking request reviewed. <laughs> so they're going to stake you $6 million, but for some reason they need 40 bucks to look over the application. They need every penny counts, apparently. Well, when this didn't go over well at first, they lowered the fee to $15, and then finally lowered that fee to nothing. So, okay, they charged a stupid fee at the beginning, but it wasn't that much money, and it got lowered to zero. It's currently zero as far as I know. So so what do you have to lose at this point? If you go to Poker Approved today and ask for a stake, they're not going to charge you for the application now, so why not do it? Well, there's more. According to several people on Twitter... Poker Approved also charges you $1,000 to attend a poker player evaluation and live testing session supposedly to prove that you're worthy of being staked. (laughs) I mean... So, so they're going to give you up to six million bucks, but you better pay them a thousand bucks first so they can make sure you're worthy of it. Now, what happens if you pay the 1000 bucks and you're not worthy of it, according to their expert instructors? Well, you don't get it back. You lose it. It's just gone. So it doesn't take a genius to realize that one way that this could easily be a scam is that they don't approve anyone. People keep coming for stakes. They get charged the $1,000 to be evaluated. And they say, oh, sorry, you're not good enough. We should have Phil Ivey come to them and say, hey, stake me. (laughs) Have them evaluate Phil Ivey and uh, tell him he's not good enough. But anyway, that's one way they could definitely be scamming people. Now, you might say, wait a minute, that's not so bad, because when you're offering this type of money, you're going to have every idiot coming out of the woodwork begging for a piece of this money, especially if the money's so big. So in order to be able to tell who is serious about this and who really believes they have the skills to qualify, why not charge them an entry fee like $1,000 so you can really see who's serious about it and you can get paid if people waste your time by lying to you or over-representing their skill? Well, that's just not how staking works. Staking has never worked this way. Staking is like a job. That is, if you're the staker, you're the employer... If you're the one receiving the stake, then you're the employee. Now, just about everybody listening to this show has been to a job interview at some point in their life. Did you pay money to go to the job interview? 
Have you ever been charged to go to a drive it, uh, a job interview? I never have. I don't know anybody who has been charged to interview for a job. It's true that when the employer is interviewing you, they're taking time out of their day to do it. They are costing themselves money if they interview you and don't hire you simply because they lost time that they could have spent on other things at work. But that's just something the employer has to do. It's time they have to spend if they want to hire new employees. And same with stakers. If you want to stake someone, then the time you spend evaluating who to stake is time you have to spend and nobody will compensate you for. This is time you're spending with the belief that you will find someone who's worthy of a stake who will then later make you money, and that's the way you get paid. Much like when you're interviewed for a job, the way the company makes money is by hiring you, having you be a good hire, and having you make money for the company. So it is completely unreasonable to charge money to someone to prove themselves worthy for a stake. Furthermore, it's self-defeating because most people are not going to pay that. Really good poker players who would be worthy of a stake would say, hey, I'm not paying a thousand bucks to be evaluated. Screw that. And they would end up losing out on a lot of very worthy stakees who just didn't want to pay the thousand bucks. So all it's doing is scaring away people who could otherwise be exactly what they want. But even if you want to ignore that, the bottom line is you don't ever charge people to evaluate them to come work for you. I remember about 20 years ago when I got out of college, I was looking for jobs and I had these headhunter services calling me saying, hey, you know, let us find you a job. And the reason they did this is not to be generous, but uh, if they would find me a job, that's the way they would make money. But where'd the money come from? It wasn't from me. The reputable headhunters all would charge the employer if they matched us and I ended up coming to work for them. That's the way they make their money. If I got hired, they would get paid something from the employer. The scam headhunters wanted me to pay them up front to go find me a job. Every single one of them that asked me to pay up front, there weren't many of them, but a few of them did. When I looked into them, every single one of them was a scam. Same here. It has never worked this way in the world of staking to charge people to evaluate them. Now, I don't have proof that they charge $1,000, but I do have proof they charge something. And I believe it is 1000 because I've heard it from several people. It says, Your three-day evaluation process will cover all of the above listed to determine your level of play, skill set, and overall poker abilities. Additionally, our poker evaluator and instructor will assess your skills in live play action and in cash game and or tournament play. Once you have been fully evaluated and tested, our poker evaluator and instructor will advise if bankroll funding will be granted, and if so, at what level of funding will be provided. Poker Approved will only fund players that show an advanced skill set of poker abilities and players that may show good equity value in being bankroll funded. If you want to apply and be personally evaluated live in person by one of our poker evaluators, please contact us using the the link below. Note, a nominal fee applies to our three-day poker evaluation program. So there you go. There's no question that they charge you to evaluate you. It's not just a rumor. Now, 
what happens if you do get staked? What happens if somehow magically you pay the thousand bucks and you pass and they're staking you? Well, the sky's the limit. Poker Approved is apparently reaching for the stars. They are actually taking applications right now for people to be staked for the upcoming One Drop event for one million dollars. Yes, you can be staked a million bucks for one event from Poker Approved, according to them. They actually have an application that you can submit to them to be staked a million bucks to enter the One Drop event coming up at the World Series. So, hey, what's a thousand bucks if you could end up being staked for a million? And they even said, hey, you can be staked up to six million. Now, of course, they can't go around staking people a million bucks without some serious money flowing into their coffers. So for that reason, they are also seeking investors. (laughs) Yeah, you can invest in them. Now, let's say you're foolish enough to want to invest in this company. In fact, let's say you're really, really, really foolish and very rich, and you want to invest not $1 million, not $2 million, but $3 million. If you come to them with $3 million and say, hey, I'm ready to invest here, I believe in what you're doing, they will tell you, no. <laughs> Why is that? Why will they turn down your $3 million? Well, apparently the limit per person to invest is $2 million. According to their website, it says for individual and private clients, minimum investment is $10,000, and the maximum investment is $2 million. But, good news, if you're a corporate client, then you can invest a minimum of $100,000 and a maximum of of $15 million. Isn't that great? So, of course, if you're a corporate client and you want to bring them $16 million, uh, they're going to say no. In fact, if you say, I want to invest $15 million and one, they're going to say no. But uh, <laughs> that's the range. one hundred k to $15 million if you're a corporation, ten k to $2 million if you're an individual. That's really strange in several ways. First of all, why ever have a maximum? If someone wants to invest in your company, why would you ever say, no, I don't want to take your money? Nope, two million's the minimum. I'm not going to take a penny more than two million from you. Sorry. Corporation, up to 15, but no more than 15 million. You want to give me a billion dollars? Too bad, I'm not taking it. Only 15 million. How likely is that? And the minimums are kind of funny too. 10000 for an individual and 100000 for a corporation. Why is it different? Why is it a different minimum for corporation or individual? Shouldn't they be happy to get the same 10000 Like, is the 100000 for the corporation different once it enters their bank account than the 10000 from the individual? Why tell a corporation that wants to give them 50000 no? In fact, why even tell an individual who wants to give 1000 no? Why not let people... I can understand why they don't want to take like $10 from people, but why not take something less than 10000 especially if they're going to be charging them 40 bucks or 15 bucks for these stupid uh, application fees? Well, my theory as to why they're imposing these limits, minimum and maximum, are just to put big numbers on the screen. 
the whole point of the site, if you look at the site and as we go through this whole thing, is to look big, impressive, established, and the opposite of small time. So, sure, they could say minimum investment, 100000 maximum unlimited, but that doesn't sound as good. You say 100000 to $15 million, and people go, wow, $15 million. So people are actually going to invest $15 million in this. Whoa. This thing's got to be huge. Like $15 million jumps out at you where the word unlimited doesn't. So I think that's what he's going for, especially when you see the rest of the site and all the other eye-popping stuff that they try to say and do. So, when they give you the money, what do they do with it? Who is being staked? They've been around since 2010. So, who is being staked right now? We can't find anybody. We can't find a single person who says, Poker approved is staking me. In fact, Poker approved itself has no references. They don't refer you to a single poker player who can vouch for them. A single poker player who can say, yeah, I went through the process and I got staked. Not one. Now you would think if someone paid the thousand bucks, passed the test, got staked, and is currently playing in events and cash games all around the world, thanks to poker approved, you would think they would want this guy's testimonial. But no, nowhere on the site is any kind of testimonial, reference, nor can we find a single person who is staked by them. So while I don't have proof that they are not staking anyone, we can't find anybody, nor do they present anyone to you who is being staked. Now, they also are scheduling live events. They attempted to schedule an event at the Win in uh, 2012. This is from a press release that they sent to various people in September of 2012. Um, it says here... Actually, the event was for 2013. The poker-approved third-year anniversary celebration mega party and poker series will take place at the exclusive Wynn Resort in Las Vegas from April 29th or April 12th to 29th, 2013. I won't bother to read the rest of it, but uh, actually, I will read this part. It says, uh, we will host two mega parties, two main events, two super bounties, and two super challenges. By the way, this guy likes the word super. We'll get to that later. In which the super challenge in our pro series is expected to be the crown jewel of the poker series, where participants holding a party pro pass will have the opportunity to play the No Limit Hold'em event in which the top 10% of the field will win $100,000 each. (laughs) A perfect event on a player's calendar schedule to build a solid bankroll just a few weeks before the start of the World Series of Poker 2013 season. Imagine a tournament with 400 players where 40 players go home with $100,000 each. So how come you never heard of that tournament from April 12th to 29th, 2013? Because it never took place. What about this one? Uh, This is in the same press release. The East Coast Expansion Party and Super Challenge Poker Series, again, that word super, produced by Poker Approved, will take place at the magnificent Ravel Resort Poker Room in Atlantic City, New Jersey, from November 16th to 19th, 2012. That also never happened. But let's get more recent. Let's get more recent and pretty much the whole reason this whole thing blew up. 
There was an event that was scheduled for the Mirage, according to the poker-approved site. And that is called... Let me bring this up. Well, let me give it a proper introduction. Let me give it a proper introduction before I introduce you to their tournament schedule. Yep. The Hollywood Top Gun Poker event was to take place at the Mirage from July 24th through 26th, 2014. Now, why is it called the Hollywood Top Gun event, especially if it's at the Mirage in Las Vegas? Well, I don't understand the Hollywood part, but apparently the top five finishers will also win the opportunity to fly in a fighter jet. In addition, your tournament ticket was to include a gala pool party at the Bear Pool Lounge in Barrage in Las Vegas. Yeah, indeed, the danger zone. In more ways than one. Okay, so uh, this Hollywood Top Gun poker event, allegedly at the Mirage, scheduled for July 24th through 26th, 2014. And originally it was planned to be hosted by a young woman named Anna Kate. Who is Anna Kate? You may not have heard of her. Anna Kate is a young, pretty girl who's still mostly unknown in the poker scene, but uh, she is a poker pro. She's on the East Coast in the New York area. And uh, like a lot of girls who play poker and are attractive, she always has her eye out to get sponsorship opportunities because it's an advantage. I've talked about it before on this show. That is one advantage that females in poker have, especially if they're young and pretty, is that they're much more likely to get sponsorships in some way than a guy would be. But that's the way it is. I'm not complaining about it. That's the way it is. So anyway, I'm not sure how she ended up uh, getting contacted, but uh, we'll have her explain that she's going to come on the show in a second. Uh, But basically, she agreed to be the host of this Top Gun event, and they promoted her on the site. And rather than have me go through the remainder of the details and render the interview with her useless, I'm going to put her on here and pray to God that her microphone works properly, because I'm calling her on Skype. About half the time we call Skype people, it's a disaster. But uh, we'll give it a shot. She answered the Skype call, which is already a good sign. Anna Kate, hello. Oh, no. Anna Kate, are you there? Please adjust your microphone. Give this a second. Give it a second. Not going to panic yet. I knew this would happen. I just knew it. I wish I could have bet money on this. 
Yep, the crickets are chirping, and we have no Anna Kate here. That's not good. I'm not giving up here. I have, I'm going to resort to plan B, which is calling her on the phone. Because I knew this was coming. I knew this was going to be some kind of Skype fail here. I just knew it. So I'm going to call her up on what I believe to be her cell phone, and we will conduct the interview that way. I'm not going to be stopped here. The truth is going to get out one way or the other. Just got to dig up her cell number. I did not have the cell number ready. It's the uh, one flaw to my plan. Because I was being optimist is the problem. I was preparing for the worst, but hoping for the best. And I hoped too much for the best. So here's the, I uh, found the phone number. Let's attempt to call her. I can't believe this happened. Wouldn't it be funny if she really did have a working microphone and was just messing with me because I was predicting it? She just wanted to listen to me do my radio tilt. Now it's not ringing. I bet the owner of Poker Approved is laughing at me right now. Oh, here we go. Anna Kate, are you there? I gotta test these things before the show. Like it just it just connected, but I can't hear anything. Let me you know, this could be on my end. Why can't I hear anything when I call her? I don't know. It looks looks good to me. I I'm gonna have to test this. This is so strange. I, I can't hear any volume on Skype. I think this could be my fault. This is really embarrassing. I'm going to call a test number here. See if we can hear that. This never happens to me either. Like It, it happens where the other side messes up, but it's, it's never my fault. Almost never. Yeah, my Skype is broken in some way. That, this is freaking frustrating. Anyone listening to this show, I, I promise there's some fail on this show. It's usually not this bad. I'm going to close Skype and start it again, and I, I hope this is going to get fixed. And now Eric Rowland's trying to call me. I'll take your call later, Rowland. <laughs> I blamed poor Anna for this. It's my fault. Jeez. Let's see what's going on here. Have to debug this show during the show I see the problem alright I fixed it I fixed it it was a sound card setting issue I apologize I was on the big stage with all these new listeners and I blew it hopefully she will answer now <laughs> now she didn't answer the Skype call <laughs> She's probably pissed at me for blaming it on her. I won't blame her. See, now she's not answering. Jeez. What a comedy of errors. Like, I'm going to try to call her back on the phone here. I'm hearing something. 
God, our phone's not ringing. This one, I think, is not my fault. Hey, I'm not available. Please leave a message. But hey, that, that's not my fault. You can't blame me on that. You can't blame me for that one. Jeez. She said lost service. I'll try to call her again. This is like the longest we've ever spent trying to get someone on this show. This is why we don't ever have guests here. It's like easier not to have guests. If I only had my sound card configured right, then she would have answered on the first time. I would have been able to hear her. This would have been fine. What a mess. We may have to try this in a few minutes. I think this is one of the uh, rare times where both of us are having issues. All right, let me uh, stop wasting time on these uh, technical snafus and uh, go on with a story. When she's ready, she'll tell me. So anyway... uh, Let me get to uh, the remainder of this story in the meantime. Kind of took the wind out of my sail. Anyway, in addition to the poker event, which got postponed, but we'll explain that one when Anna gets on here, uh, they also rent hotel rooms, mansions, and condos in Las Vegas. (laughs) That's that's their side business So even though they're dealing with millions and millions of dollars in stakes They they have time to rent you apartments and uh, condos and hotel rooms That's a little side business on the same website They also run high stakes poker games According to their site They run what they call Club Royale Exclusive high stakes poker club Poker Approved is pleased to announce it to its co-management operation of the Club Royale High Stakes Poker Club, spreading the world's richest and most lucrative cash games in No Limit, Texas Hold'em, and catering to the most distinguished of high-stakes poker players, including high-roller business executives, philanthropists, and billionaires. I mean, who wouldn't want to play in that game? Club Royale attracts the richest clientele in the world, wanting to play at the highest stakes in poker all while enjoying the lavish amenities and luxurious destinations selected for each Club Royale cash game event. So they have that going, too. You can join their private club. Okay, Anna's saying to call her. Please let this work. Please let this work. Ah! Oh, my God. Are we, th- are we through? Yes. Can you guys hear me? I, there's Hello? some cutting out, but you know what? It's, it's better than what we had before, which was nothing. So, uh, Anna, welcome. Oh, hold on. Do you have the radio on in the Hi, background? thank you. Um, I do. Let me turn you guys. Well, I hear... Um, just close the window that you're listening in. Just com- completely well, I have shut a it down. Skype window open. Let me, let me just really quickly put on headphones. I just lost service. Can you guys hear me now? Is that better? I can hear you. It's cutting out a little bit, but it'll have to do. Okay. Give, give, give me give me one. Okay. I'll give you a second. Uh, hello. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
should get headphones. Maybe maybe this will be better. I'm sorry. Didn't know that. <laughs> it was sounds okay. like okay. So I've been listening in, and I just lost. Uh, I just lost my service. Can you guys hear me now? I can hear better? you. Better. Yeah. Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. We're good. Yeah. We're no, good. No. Uh, no echoing. Okay. Great. Okay. Finally. <laughs> Hi guys. <laughs> so, so Anna, welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Druff and Friends show, and uh, you're the first guest we've had on here in a while. I m- mostly because I don't try. I just, I just come on here and rant and don't get guests on here too often. And the few times I do ask guests to come on, they're always afraid because everyone's <laughs> afraid to to get sued and and all this other crap whenever I talk about these contentious situations. So I I want to give you props for being brave enough to come on here and tell your story. Also for standing up to poker approved when some things did not look right to you and for warning the community, but we'll get to what happened here shortly. So according to what you told me, um, you had a deal with poker approved. Are you still here? It says uh, internet connection problem. You still here? Ah, jeez. <laughs> I'm going to call her back on her cell. Hi, guys. Can I, you I hear me? Yeah, I see you're here. I'm going to call you on your cell right now. Yeah. Okay, we're going to get this interview done. I really want to get this done. Jeez, can't it ever be easy for me? I never get there the easy way. Even when I win, I get there the hard way. Trying to reach your cell. Here we go. Now the phone's just sitting here, not ringing. Hey, I'm not available. Please leave a message after the beep. This should be a lot easier. This should be a lot easier. I swear, after this... Every time I'm going to check this before the show. Every time I'm going to check this before the show. Try to call her phone back one more time. One more time calling her damn phone. This doesn't ever happen to the 2 plus 2 poker cast. Somehow they just, like, sail through with no problem. The fail always falls into my lap somehow. This phone is so weird, too. Like, Hey, I'm not yeah, available. It's not going to work. All right, we're going to have to call back her Skype and uh, make the best of this. Oh, she's saying she can call me. Yeah, that's a better idea. Let's see if she calls me. I think I might have to go edit this out in the archives. I think we spent like half an hour trying to get her on the phone here. <laughs> okay, she says she's calling me now. I'm going to cross my fingers. Uh, here we go. The call's coming in. Anna, are you there? I am here. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. We can hear you clearly. Everything's good. Uh, I have Perfect. to warn you. Yeah. I have to warn you. <laughs> That your cell phone is literally unreachable. If you call your cell phone, you wait like for an eternity with no ring. It just sits and sits and sits and sits. And then you get your voicemail on the first ring. 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm actually up in Canada right now, and um, our intern is in and out all day, and we're sharing, you know, the internet with all of us playing on PokerStars right now. So um, oh. we're all playing in Scoop. Um, so yeah, my intern's in and out, and my phone, thank God, has service. So I mean, you guys can reach me. So I don't know okay, why. Okay, okay, okay. But um, sorry about that. All right, so so we're getting going here. So first it was my <laughs> fault, then it was uh, your internet's fault, then it was your phone's <laughs> fault. But now somehow, against all odds, <laughs> against all odds, we are on the phone together. Yes. You're not an easy yes, woman to are. reach, but I I've done it. I was very persistent, as I always am. <laughs> So, uh, so I want to start off here. How did you end up getting hooked up with Poker Approved? Did you contact them? Did they contact you? How did this all start? No, um, it was kind of it was random. It was about a few weeks ago. Um, just got a Twitter message publicly from Poker Approved, and they asked me if I've ever done any hosting. Um, of the sort or done any television interviews and stuff like that. I said, no, I have never done anything like that. And they asked me, would you be interested in it? Again, this was all public and <clears throat> I didn't think it would be a scam or anything like that. I just, nothing really hit me up. But so I was honest and I told them I absolutely have no experience and we took it up to email and we went back and forth and, and I was speaking to, you know, this quote unquote Sergio guy and, um, he told me, well, if you're interested, you know, we're a hacking company and you can look at us on Twitter. And I, uh, if you're interested, you know, let, let us know and we'd love to um, set something up with you. Have, uh, you know, have you do some test, test runs and stuff. And if you're, if you can do it, then great. And I thought, listen, you know, I've never done it before, but it could be something on my resume. It can be some experience. It's extra cash. Why not? You know, so I said, Let's give it a try. And so we were going back and forth on emails and, um, He's not to mention that he's also a backing company. And I kind of found it odd that I was just speaking to just him and he wouldn't he didn't really mention any of the sources. But while we were speaking, he told me they're 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 a very lucrative backing company with backing players for a long, long time. And I go on their Twitter and I said they only have eight hundred and twenty two followers. And I talked about the super millions thing, which I kind of brushed over. Um, which yeah, well, we, have, we like, haven't talked about the super million. Twenty followers. We'll get to the super million mm-hmm. shortly, but uh, okay, correct. Um, so, okay. so, so, see, basically, they contacted you on uh, on Twitter, and uh, they seeked you out. Now, I, I noticed in the emails that you sent me that the subject was poker starlet. Right. So oh. actually, yeah, which is a bunch of which is ridiculous, but. Um, they actually originally contacted me to, to host the Super Millions tournament. That's where it first started. Um, I, again, didn't think anything of it. I mean, I, I, there were so little people following it. I've never heard of it before. It was weird, but I thought if they're going to fly me out and, 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 and pay me money and, and have me, you know, like train me or something, or, or if I'm going to meet some person, it has to be, you know, why would they waste our time if, 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 well, yeah, like how, I, how it, it didn't yeah, cost it my mind like at all. I, I agree. It sounds so like a free then, roll. So, right. then just to, let me explain. Like, if you if you don't get mine, let me explain to the audience here what sure. the super millions is, because I, I assume this is going to come up several times in the conversation, so they might as well know. Now, have you guys here in the audience ever heard of the super millions? You may have heard of uh, other millions, like the uh-huh. Aussie millions, but the super millions. Have you heard of it, people? Well, if you haven't, you definitely don't have your finger on the pulse of the poker community because the Super Millions is only the biggest buy-in tournament ever in the world where the buy-in is 
Actually, not $1 million. It is $1.2 million. Can you hear my sound effects, by the way, or it doesn't come through on the phone? Mm-hmm. Oh, you heard it. Oh, okay. I heard that loud and clear. Okay, okay. <laughs> so so, so uh, $1.2 million to buy into the Super Millions with an expected prize pool of $100 million. So have you guys ever heard of this? Wait, none of you have? Well, the reason is the Super Millions does not exist. The Super Millions <laughs> exists in the owner of Poker Approves head. That's all. That's the only place it exists. It does not have a home. It does not have a poker room. It does not have any entrance that we know of. The Super Millions is just a concept invented by the same individual who runs Poker Approved. So apparently he wanted Anna to host the Super Millions and then also mentioned uh, bringing her out to Vegas to host and to to be staked for Mm -hmm. this – this Top Gun mm-hmm. tournament. Mm-hmm. So originally, <clears throat> when he, when he just mentioned briefly the Super Millions, uh, he, he told me that there were going to be two tournaments that he would want me to host um, on TV, and I, you know, told him to send me some information. I, I at this time I still didn't even look at the poker proof site. Uh, I just thought, you know, this 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 couldn't really be a scam, would it? Why, why would he publicly come up to me? Why would he? He, he publicly um, asked a well-known blogger to take part, and, and him and I spoke about it. And he said, oh, I heard of it too, and I'm probably going to sign on it. There's, there's nothing bad about him in the press, and, and there's nothing much at all. And so when I spoke to, to Sergio, I asked him, why, why do you guys have so many few followers? And he was like, well, we don't advertise who we back, and we've been backing players for a very long time in tournaments and stuff like that. And and um, you know we're we're a big company and blah 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 blah. And he just kept kind of brushing those questions off. And and I wish I would have kind of listened to my intuition a little earlier on, but it it, it, it took form very quickly throughout the week. And so the kind of brushed away that uh, the hosting on television for the Super Millions. He told me, well, we got to find a date. We got to see if it's really going to happen. We're not really sure. And he said, if you could just interview some players just so we see how you're on camera. I said, okay, I'll try it out. I'm probably going to suck at it, but whatever. So that took a hold because I had other things to worry about. It was the Borgata series came along and friends came in, came from out of town. So I didn't hear from them for a little while. And then he calls me and he says, listen, um, there's this Hollywood Top Gun tournament that we're going to host and it's booked already in the Mirage. And we wanted to ask, we want to know if he wanted to host it and, and host a pool party and we can put you into the tournament and we'll fly out to Vegas. And I said, that's great. I'm like, sure, you know, um, sign me up. Um, I need to, uh, I need to, you know, look at it, but I, I think, I think it sounds good. And he sent me the information and we spoke about it some more. And I figured, why not? I, I guess playing a poker tournament for free. I mean, how bad can it be? And then some alarm bells started ringing. It was a little weird. Some of the sketchy emails I started getting from him of not being very professional. And um, for you in particular, actually, I got some of my friends involved. Uh, while I was speaking to him, he said, well, do you know anyone that would want to get staked into Super Millions or, or can help promote for the um, Top Gun tournament. And I said, I do. I can ask some of my friends. And I spoke to one of my friends and he said that he was interested in hearing some more details about it. And um, so it turned out that <laughs> it was getting a little more sh- shadier as I kind of went along. And um, 
they told my friend that we can stake you totally. Well, they told me they're going to stake him 100%. And then I spoke to my friend, and my friend said, well, they approached him and said, listen, if you, we, stake you for, we can stake you the rest as long as you put in 400K. You put in 400K yourself, and we'll stake you for the rest. So, so hold on a second. Hang on. Calls so, me. So, so your friend, yeah. wait, hold on. So your friend here, <laughs> your friend here mm-hmm. wants to uh, mm-hmm. take him up on his offer to be staked for this uh, $1.2 million super millions. And uh, the guy says to him, well, I will stake you the $1.2 million, but first you have to put 400000 up uh, of your own money and send it to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, Mind you, he's a professional poker player. I mean, it would be good to put him in. He's, he's, he's obviously a very good player, but obviously it's a scam. And when he told me that, obviously that, you know, rang bells. And and um, I was telling him I was going up to Canada and play and, you know, scoop, and he... We went back and forth, and this is where it started kind of festering um, my mind that it was it was really you know something to, worth looking into because he told me I couldn't play online poker up here because gosh for that I'm colluding with people and it traces back to them and their billion dollar industry and you know they can get in trouble and all this stuff and they can't have any ties with me and I said that is absolutely ridiculous you guys have no idea what's going on plenty of poker players travel together plenty of poker players living costs together. No one, you know, this is how we all grind. Wait, so this hold on. This part, I, this part I haven't heard before. So you're <laughs> saying that he was, is, are yeah. you saying that he didn't want you, he didn't want you anymore to be the, uh, to do this or was that he just wanted you to move out of where you were? He didn't want me to play on, he didn't want me to come up to Canada and play online in a way, I guess, control me this, like, for a little while. Wow. Um, but I told him that's absolutely ridiculous. I'm never going to give up playing online. I mean, I, you know, just finally got back playing online. I've been playing in a while for a for for a little while now, Cash. But um, I told him absolutely not. I'm 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 kind of want to go up to play, and if if that's if those are the terms and conditions, then you can go screw yourself because I'm I'm not gonna give up playing online. It just doesn't make any sense. And when we had this conversation, so when I was like, listen, you know what? Let me. This something obviously a few things are just just weird and a scam, and it's just I wanted to um. Just Couple check and then I called up Mirage Las Vegas and I spoke to the security officers and I spoke to the poker room and no one had any, any idea who or or what the Hollywood Top Gun tournament was. Wow. So so hang on a second here. So she calls up the Mirage about this tournament that she's going to yeah. be hosting there and they have no clue what she's talking about. Absolutely no idea. So this this must have been no like idea. The, this must have been the aha moment for you that. This whole thing is not what it appears to be when the casino hosting it, even the poker room hosting it, uh, has no idea that it exists. Right. This this casino has no idea that they're going to be hosting an event from July 24th to July 27th. They have absolutely no idea. And obviously, it's just completely ludicrous. Um, And when I started doing more research and finding out and and getting more details um, with the uh, staff, I sent them the link and I and I said that you know I'm on it and, and I'm publicly promoting it and 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 I do not want anyone to give five thousand dollars and pre-register in this tournament and God forbid lose their money to to something that's potentially not legit and and lose their money. So I quickly went on my social media, my Twitter, my Facebook, and I said, guys, this this something is not adding up. Um, I am no longer part of this. Uh, Mirage has no idea who they are, and this just does not make sense and just. You know, everyone has their eyes open, like, just careful. But obviously, 
I'm sure no one even pre-registered anyway because the whole thing just sounds sketchy, you know? And, and, and I was in Vergata at the time and I'm playing these tournaments and I wasn't really paying attention to all these little nuances that I should have been red flags to in, in the beginning, but I figured how can you possibly, you know, send me over there and, and pay for a hotel and, and all this stuff. How could that be, you know, a scam until I realized that he really just wanted people to pre-register. And when I realized that, and I realized, obviously, when I called Mirage and double-checked, and I said, we have no idea who they are. This is, yeah, that's that's this a is, good point that I haven't raised yet, by the way. You know? These these tournaments like this Hollywood Top Gun tournament and everything else, these are not tournaments like the World Series or every other tourna- tournament you're used to where you just show up there and register and then sit down and play. Here, you have to send this guy the money first, well in advance, and then show up later to play and hope that he actually really holds the tournament and doesn't just run off with your money. So um, Anna's right, saying she suspects right. that uh, you know she was just – her good name was being used as – the host of this tournament so enough people pre-register <laughs> so so anyway right. uh, so you <laughs> bravely took to social media and warned people to stay away from them as you said and and i know right. some I others i know some others mm-hmm. such as uh, another poker player named uh, chris baud are, are you friends with him or he just uh, noticed yeah. it and okay so chris yeah. baud no he's one of my friends he's one of okay. my friends. hello he's listening in right now <laughs> right so so chris baud also joined in and uh, some others joined in and were questioning mm-hmm. poker approved, mm-hmm. including uh, Jeff Madsen, by the way. Mm-hmm. He also was questioning them. So a number of people are saying, hey, what's going on with this? This doesn't look good. This looks shady. And poker approved right. then flipped out. And I'm going to read these tweets that were tweeted at Anna. Uh, first right. of all, they broke out the legal threats, which is very common for scammers to do. Scammers love to keep their victims silent or anyone silent who wants to blow the whistle on them. By threatening legal action, by claiming that the person who's about to expose them is going to get sued and is going to basically get ruined by this lawsuit and scare them into not saying anything. Because everybody is a little bit of afraid, a little bit afraid of having a big lawsuit against you, somehow losing, even if you're in the right, and then end up broke where someone takes all your money from this lawsuit. So sometimes people are just afraid to say anything. They say, hey, I want to warn people, but I don't want to do this at the expense of possibly having my entire net worth drained by this company who's going to sue me. And what if there's like a tiny chance I'm wrong? Then I'm really screwed. Well, so that's what scammers love to do. That's how they shut people up. Uh, A while ago, some of you might remember Mm -hmm. the ESPN (laughs) columnist named Sarah Phillips. There was a whole scandal where the actual person behind the the columns, which is actually a guy, was scamming people behind the scenes and using the Sarah Phillips identity for legitimacy to get people to send him money. And when these people were going to blow the whistle, that's when this guy would bring out all these lawsuit threats and really scared a number of people to not say anything for a while. So mm-hmm. uh, so let me read some of these here. Well, from, mm-hmm. And uh, from... what we had – so this is from Poker Approved to Anna Kate. Susan Sandberg, Poker Room Director, is our point of contact with Mirage. We will be pursuing legal claims against you for damages. Anna, you will be held legally responsible for slanderous and defamation remarks. We actually have a commitment with Mirage. So this, wow, that must have scared you that here you heard from Mirage that uh, they weren't going to be there. You warn everybody and they go, hey, check with Susan Sandberg. She has a commitment with us. We are going to be there. And now we are going to sue you 
for slander and defamation. Now, first of all, to show you what an idiot this guy is who runs Poker Approved, uh, slander is spoken word defamation. It's not libel is the written form of it. So no lawyer would ever say we're suing you for slander because uh, she did this through writing. But but putting that aside for the moment, um, mm-hmm. of course, she got a little worried that maybe she got well, this wrong. I, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I wasn't as worried too much about the uh, legal suit. I mean, as as I was, but that he mentioned the name. I do not want to publicly defame someone or um, or, or or publicly call them a scam if if I don't have my facts correct. And if he's giving me this poker director, uh, tournament director's name, I wanted to double check and make sure that was accurate. So I quickly went, went, went back to my Twitter and my Facebook and I took off those tweets because I wanted to double check. And maybe I spoke to some security officers and, 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 and they didn't know. And some poker people I didn't know, but I thought it's awfully weird how one person, the whole casino knows that they're going to have this tournament. But again, I wanted to double check before I, you know, have it out there even I already did. So I quickly took it off. I um I called up um Susan and didn't have a reply. Obviously she she was out of the office and my friend Chris called in and, and Chris is from the New York Daily News, so you know, she was gonna get back to him quicker and we, we knew this was gonna happen and we were gonna get an answer. And um so the next day, um well actually when my friends were pitching in and, and you mentioned Jeff's name, um actually Jeff was a player who was approached to come help promote and get staked for the Super Millions. You're and talking about uh, Jeff Madsen, right? In, yes. Okay. So he was supposed to put in 400K and we were going to put in the rest and all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. And he told me, and this is this is a joke and, and obviously it's a scam. And, and, and obviously we took it further and, and I contacted him. And long story short, which we already mentioned, um, Susan didn't answer that night. So the next day I called again and I got in contact with her. Um, uh, sorry, she actually called me back. And so we spoke, and she said, I have no idea who these guys are. And I sent her a link. She said, I've never heard of them. We've we've heard of some companies that wanted to have an event here, but we only have three tables available during that time. And they were talking about how they would get, you know, 125 people, and obviously that's not enough tables. And so, again, still no confirmation, have no idea this who this guy Sergio is. I gave him I gave her the phone number, I gave her the um the the, the thread of of, uh, of the poker proof site where they're talking about the tournament and she had no idea. And then so she was mute for, for the whole day and it kept going on Twitter and kept going and Obviously, you know, no one knows about them. And then they started harassing, and you can you can take it from there. I mean, yeah. you, you have all that so, so right, screenshots. The, and stuff. Right. So, so I read what they wrote first about uh, Susan <laughs> Sandberg, and then she spoke to Susan Sandberg, the poker director there at the Mirage, who had uh, said that no, they're not going to be here, and uh, we told someone that there's no room for the tournament, and that's it, and that's you know, this is definitely not happening here. So then, um, when the back and forth continued between uh, Anna and uh, Chris Baud and uh, Jeff Madsen and other people with Poker Approved, Poker Approved decided to go the threatening route. They decided to take a step up from the legal threats to just general threats. So here are some tweets from Poker Approved, and don't bother to try to find them 
on their Twitter account, because if you go to twitter.com slash poker approved, you will notice that their tweets are protected, which is kind of funny. Why would a big staking company want to protect their tweets? But uh, you'll see why when, uh, or you'll hear why when I read these tweets to you. Poker approved tweeted to Anna, don't worry, Anna, we'll come back to collect on our debts later with a little winking smiley face. That's a pretty bad thing to write to a woman. We'll come back to collect on our debts later. So it's basically saying, "You watch out. We're we're going to come, come. We're going to come back to collect from you." And then Chris Baud was not spared either. The individual who owned Poker Approved decided to try to find Chris Baud. When I say find him, I don't mean find him to contact him. I mean find him physically. <laughs> so uh, he was tweeting that uh, they were locating him. So here's a tweet from Poker Approved. At real Chris Baud, which is his uh, Twitter handle, zip code two eight one one five maybe. Our guys work fast on tracking, and then went on to tweet, "Getting closer, Mooresville." So he's trying to say to Chris Baud, "Hey, I've got your zip code. Okay, now I've got even something uh, more accurate. The city called Mooresville, basically saying, "Hey, guess what? I'm finding out where you live." Can you imagine mm-hmm. that? Supposedly, a large poker staking company is first telling a girl that they're going to come back to collect their debts on her later and telling a guy who was questioning their legitimacy that they're tracking him and finding him. I mean, that's just creepy stuff. So uh, that's also a common tactic. That's also a common tactic used by scammers is creating fear. In fact, uh, a lot of the Nigerian scammers, despite being all the way across the country, like to threaten their victims that they're going to come to the U.S. and kill them if they say anything. Now, Poker Approved didn't threaten to kill anybody, but obviously it's very unnerving to have an anonymous person like this because Poker Approved doesn't say who is behind it or who they are. Just have this anonymous person saying that they're finding you and they're getting closer. Really creepy stuff. So, um, first of all, there's not going to be a lawsuit for a few reasons. First of all, everything that was written by Anna and everybody else to poker approved were facts. Okay. Yeah, there there yeah. is no tournament plan for the Mirage. Worried. We were yeah. And and in fact if you we, go to the poker approved website now you will see that it says it's postponed. Uh so there's not going to be a tournament at the Mirage. The uh Mirage poker director had no clue that it was ever happening. So obviously that was all made up. Uh Sergio, yeah, that, was, that was the day right after we spoke I'm sorry to cut you off. That was the day right after we spoke to Susan, obviously. And then in the morning, it's postponed, and we all took Twitter again. Well, now we all know. Yeah. And and Sergio there, the mm-hmm. owner, he probably doesn't even have the money for a lawsuit, and no lawyer would ever take a case like this on contingency. And and Sergio uh, also probably wouldn't want to call attention to his actions and bring on a criminal investigation and you know doing a commencing a lawsuit over something like this could definitely do that. Now, um, this is just really, really shady to where in addition to these tournaments that are promoted and you're supposed to prepay for yet never happen, we have the Revell tournament in November 2012, promoted, never happened. We have the Win tournament, April 2013, promoted, never happened. We have the Mirage tournament for July 2014, promoted and now postponed. And then the people who questioned them about it and called them out for why Mirage had no clue that this was going on there were threatened, both legally and otherwise. So this is very, very shady, but it gets even weirder and it gets even deeper. So who is in charge of 
Poker Approved. See, that's one of the big flaws, well, one of many flaws with Poker Approved. Uh, there's actually several things. Before I go into the deeper issues with it, there's several things I noticed from looking at the website and examining this whole situation that just do not look right. Number one, the ownership and staff of Poker Approved is doing their best to hide their identities. They claim they're going to be staking you, but who's going to be staking you? Who owns it? Who works for them? They never make that clear. That's never a good sign. Uh, number two, the website promises too many grandiose things. I mean, a million-dollar one-drop stake, uh, up to $6 million stakes for pro players, gala pool parties, and flying in fighter jets. I mean, this looks like a lot of hype, and yet very little substance, where none of these things actually really happen. Uh, the evaluation fees I discussed before are ridiculous for the reasons I've already mentioned. The investor element is very suspect. Why would they require a $10,000 minimum? Why 100000 minimum from a corporation? And why these weird maximums? Uh, why the strange side business of finding people rental homes in Vegas if they're concentrating on staking and, and working on such a large scale? It's a kind of a very strange side business for something that's uh, so into big money. Uh, the application fees, even though they're no longer being charged, why would a large operation like this uh, charge small application fees? It gives me the impression of someone trying to make a quick buck. And, uh, of course, I mentioned before, there's no players that are currently known to have been staked by Poker Approved. Not a single one. And that by itself is really strange, because if they could point to players they're staking, that would actually encourage more people to want to work with them. So there's no reason to hide this. Why would they ever hide who they're staking? That would be something you'd brag about, not something you cover up. So I could go on, but I'll stop here as far as the uh, red flags. I mean, there's just so many in, in addition to what uh, Anna just described. But upon looking to them further, I found some weirder things. Now, first off, of course, I was curious, who is behind this? Who's, who's behind Poker Approved? And that's mm-hmm. always what you want to do first is figure out who is pulling the strings. You guys remember in the Wizard of Oz when Dorothy and uh, the Scarecrow and the Tin Man and the Lion, they finally got to visit the great and powerful Oz. And once they got past the door, they saw this gigantic figure with a scary-looking machine. And then it turned out to just be an old man behind the curtain. So sometimes these things with uh, the appearance of being very large is just one little man behind the curtain, especially if it looks kind of scammy. So, I wanted to find out who's behind it. Well, through my own research, first of all, I found a LinkedIn page. A LinkedIn page, which at the moment mentions nothing about Poker Approved, but at one time did, of Sergio Guimond, supposedly from Las Vegas, Nevada. And if you want to know what Sergio does for a living and and, uh, what the name of his company is, His experience is managing partner, global director of gaming management capital partners. (laughs) Why, what, you haven't heard of gaming management capital partners? Well, why don't you Google it then? You'll learn all about it. I did, and I got a whopping zero results. Gaming management capital partners does not exist in any way, shape, or form. But that doesn't stop Sergio Guimond, supposedly from Las Vegas, Nevada, to put this as his description of his position there. 
head of global operations including capital funds management, gaming development, finance, and principal advisory services. That's like a bunch of mumbo-jumbo, honestly. Manage all gaming operations, real estate developments, compliance, casino services, corporate finance, business development, project management, and partnerships. This is a busy guy. Managing gaming capital and global poker fund with over $925 million in global capital funds. <laughs> so he's, he somehow... Uh, he's somehow managing... $925 million worth of funds here, <laughs> according to his LinkedIn. Now, it says that his experience at Gaming Management Capital Partners is from April 2010 to present. Well, coincidentally, PokerApproved.com was registered on March 28, 2010, which is four days from April 2010. And by their own press release... In 2012, they claim their three-year anniversary was to be in April 2013, so it matches perfectly. Also, uh, this LinkedIn at one point did mention uh, Poker Approved, but uh, no longer does. We also have the name Sergio, which matches with the name that Anna spoke with, and so did everybody else. So Sergio Guimond was the first name I came up with. Wasn't sure if it was a real name, and then, of course, when I looked into public records in Las Vegas, Nevada. I found no public records. And when I say public records, I don't mean just things you can Google. I mean, there are public records databases that exist that it's very hard to keep yourself out of those. And there is no record, at least in the public records, of a Sergio Guimond ever living in Las Vegas. Now, it's possible he could have lived there for a short time. Like, you know, if he lived with a roommate, didn't register anything in his name, never filed any address changes or had anything sent there in his name. Yes, it's possible he could have lived there and, um, you know, didn't have any bills there, whatever. But I don't think it's likely. I think Sergio Guimond never lived in Vegas, or at least that name never lived in Vegas. So I wasn't sure if that was his real name. Upon looking into it further, I came up with another Guimond. That's, I don't even know how you pronounce this. I think it's Giles, G-I-L-L-E-S, Guimond. That's G-U-I-M-O-N-D. Who lives in, uh, where is it here? Uh, There we go. Merrickville, Ontario, Canada which is near Ottawa. Giles Guimond lives in a very small town in Canada, which is south of uh, Ottawa, this Merrickville. And Giles Guimond is the registered owner of the phone number that Sergio has been calling people from. It's a Bell Canada phone number. I'm not going to give it out here. But that phone number is registered to Giles or Giles Guimond in Merrickville, Ontario, Canada. Now, he told you he was from Canada, didn't he? He told me his office is based in Canada, yeah. And he and, and I was actually up there playing uh, China Satellite into WPT. And um, he told me, you know, why don't you drop by here? And I said, I can't. I, I'm busy. I'm sorry. You know? So, um, thank God I didn't go. And... <laughs> Obviously. Now, you know what's pretty qu- creepy? Didn't this guy send you a picture of himself? 
did. He did. <laughs> like, why would he ever do that? Like, why? Yeah, why send a picture to her? Like, who cares what he looks like? It doesn't matter if he's good looking right. or ugly or old or young. I mean, if it's a business deal, who cares? Right. So exactly. he sent a weird grainy I picture. It. it was a weird grainy picture of uh, of a guy with like sitting next to a girl where the girl's cut <laughs> off in the picture. It was a really weird picture too. But uh, who knows if it's even really him? But anyway. Uh, Sergio or maybe Giles Guimond. Uh, I'm sure this Guimond name all is correct. Up, kind of. What was that? I was saying it's all adding up. I mean, yeah, it's, it's know, definitely adding up. You're, and... you're, you're just you're, you're just an investigator, and you um, <laughs> you dug it up, but it's it's all what he told me. You yeah, know? And, and, so and this kind of... right, and this Giles Guimond, <laughs> by the way, um, that is definitely a real name because I found. A record of uh, a Giles Guimond, who I have the address that's registered to that phone number. A Giles Guimond actually was on the city council agenda for Merrickville, Ontario, Canada, about something having to do with something happening on his street. So Giles Guimond is definitely a real name and a real person. Uh, the only chance that Giles Guimond is not the one behind all this is if Giles is actually his dad or something and just, you know, he has the phone in his dad's name. So I guess it's possible that there is a Sergio Guimond and that's Giles' son, but who really cares? It's This Guimond is definitely the character behind Poker Approved, and whether it's Giles or Sergio, who cares? Uh, I don't know how old the guy is. Uh, I was still in the process of trying to figure this out before the radio show. I just kind of came up with this a few hours before the show. And uh, so yeah. that so that's uh, that's who we're dealing with here. Now, here's here's another funny thing. You might wonder, does Giles have anyone working for him? Well, yes and no. <laughs> we have located one real person who does seem to be involved. There's a woman named Gabriella Hill... Now, she, I think Hill is a either a stage name or a married name or something because her, her original name was a Hispanic-sounding name, and she's a uh, – I believe she was born in Mexico. Uh, if you go to about.me slash Gabriella underscore Hill, that's Gabriella with one L. So about.me slash Gabriella with one L underscore Hill, H-I-L-L. Uh, this is how it describes her. You'll get to see a picture of Gabriella Hill as well. While Gabriella might describe herself as both a poker player and sports reporter, she is definitely one of the most recognizable poker television personalities and an industry insider. To me, she's not that recognizable. I didn't know who the hell she was. But uh, um, Gabriella now works for Poker Approved, the largest live poker cash game staking company worldwide. She functions as a business development coordinator and consultant for live poker tournaments and special events. Gabriella has 27 years of TV broadcasting experience, seven years in the poker industry, 12 years in real estate, and has successfully managed two businesses for the entertainment industry. Blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to continue. But anyway, as you heard, her page lists her as the business development coordinator and consultant for live poker tournaments and special events for Poker Approved. Now, this is interesting because this was someone who really did do some broadcasting work for poker. Uh, she was best known, I think, for broadcasting the World Series in Spanish language, because obviously Norman Chad and, uh, and, and Lon McHahern, you know, they, they don't speak Spanish. So you, for Spanish-speaking audiences, they need a Spanish commentator, and I guess that's what she did. So 
I was surprised that someone who probably cares about her career would get involved in this. But I thought, okay, maybe she was tricked. You know, Anna was tricked. You know, I guess this this uh, Guimond character who runs Poker Approved, he, he can talk a good game. He can put together a slick website. Uh, maybe Gabrielle was looking for work, and uh, he offered her this lucrative position, and she took it. So I tweeted to her and asked her what she knew about Poker Approved. Now, keep in mind, even though this page that I just read you says she works for them, I noticed that she took it off of her Twitter that she worked for them because uh, I found an old reference to her Twitter which shows that she worked for them and her current Twitter says nothing about Poker Approved. So I assume that she probably figured out the whole thing was a scam, backed out of it, probably didn't get paid and just doesn't want to talk about it. She's kind of embarrassed she got involved, just wants it to go away. That was my impression at first, but it got really weird from there. I got a response today from Gabriella on Twitter. And not at all the response I expected. So I tweeted at her last night. You worked for Poker Approved. Can you please tell us who is behind that operation? So today she tweeted at me about about 1 p.m. Hi, Todd. The company is privately held and owned by a private equity firm, including shareholders. (laughs) I mean... That wasn't my question. I mean, that's a that's a weird answer. That's like uh, that's like the answer you give to. Uh, it's like a, a formal answer you give to a, a news organization. It's, it's not what you answer to someone about a former employer. They ask you about it. Like I was expecting something like, "Oh yeah, hey, I used to work there, but I'm not part of them anymore." Like not not this very formal sounding textbook answer. So I'm like, "This is so weird." So I responded to her right away. Hi, thanks for responding. Do you have any proof of this? There is some suspicion now that it's a scam, and I linked her to the Poker Fraud Alert thread. Well, then it got ugly. Then she tweeted to me, All employees of the company are bound by confidentiality and non-disclosure agreements. Poker Approved will defend itself vigorously against any false claims that you are making for business, and, and you will be held accountable for business and revenue losses for the company for your actions. Wow, Gabriella! Wow, Gabriella being naughty here. I could not believe this. The the Latin American Poker uh, World Series broadcaster is telling me that they're going to defend itself against my false claims, and now I'm going to be held accountable for business and revenue losses for the company due to my actions. Wow. I mean, whoever says that, even if she does still work for them, like. Who would ever say that if she's just the uh, the person booking tournaments? Why is she taking this so personally? And why did she take off her Twitter page that she works for them at all? Why is that gone now? I thought she didn't work for them anymore, but even if she does, like, why would she, of all people, respond that way? It's not like she referred it to Poker Approved and then they said that to me. Why would she say that? Like, I don't care what company I've worked for. Let's just pick any company I've worked for in the past. If someone comes up to me and says, hey, Todd, that company you're working for is a scam. I might say, hey, I have no evidence of that. Hey, you know, take that up with my boss. I wouldn't say, my company's going to defend these allegations and you're going to get sued. Like, I would never say that. Like, that's just weird from someone in that position. So that was the last thing I expected from her. Then I go, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This sounds a lot like what 
Sergio or Giles there said to Anna. Same legal threats. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to read what uh, Sergio said to Anna. He said, Anna, you will be held legally responsible for slanderous and defamation remarks. We will be pursuing legal claims against you for damages. And Gabriella said to me, uh, poker approval defend itself vigorously against any false claims you are making. You will be held accountable for business and revenue losses of the company for your actions. Not identical wording, but very similar in concept and, uh, and tone. So I thought, you know, this looks like Sergio or Giles there got access to her Twitter account somehow and is acting as her. So I asked if anyone could verify that Gabriella Hill is actually operating that account. And she responded back immediately, Todd, it is me. I don't have anything to hide and took the time to answer you now that my boy is sick. Good luck with everything. So apparently she took the time to answer me because her son was sick. (laughs) So I guess if her son was healthy, then she wouldn't have answered me. I I don't get what you're trying to tell me there. But... uh, Uh, I think she was trying to say that I took the time to answer you despite my son being sick and just didn't word it right. But uh, regardless, I was asking, look, can anybody help me here? Well, I have a Twitter follower named Curtis Woodward. I don't really know him. Uh, He looks like a middle-aged guy. And he told me that he does know her. And he told me that he asked her and that she verified that, indeed, she was the one behind those tweets. Now I don't know what to say. Now I don't know what way he asked her. I told him to make sure that uh, he was very specific that she actually sent those tweets. I made sure to say, you know, don't ask, don't just ask her. Do you still have access to your Twitter? Make sure to ask, did you tell Todd you're going to sue him? And according to this Curtis guy, she said yes. So I have no idea what's going on. I I don't know if she is deeply involved in this or maybe even a partner with uh, with this. Guimond character. I don't know if she's just been brainwashed by him to say whatever he tells her to say. I don't know if maybe uh, somehow this Curtis guy uh, didn't verify it as well as he could have. Maybe he emailed her and he has her email too. I mean, I should ask Curtis how he asked her. I forgot to ask him that. But uh, really weird of all people. Uh, And so also... Speaking of employment at Poker Approved, let's say despite everything I've said here, you want to come work for her, for them. Let's say you want to be the next Gabriella Hill and go to work for Poker Approved and threaten to sue people all over the poker world. You can. There are plenty of job openings. Plenty of job openings. In fact, I'm going to do a favor to Poker Approved since I have been so harsh on them, since I have probably said a lot of uh, things about them that they're not very happy about. I'm going to be nice here and promote some of their job offerings. This is from their own webpage. They're now hiring worldwide, according to their webpage. Now, each job opening, let's see, there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 15 job openings at the moment. 15 job openings. And by the way, uh, they claimed to someone at the time, I don't know, I think when the Revell mm-hmm. thing was going on, that they had 89 employees already. But uh, ignoring yes, that, yes, ignoring that, mm-hmm. here is the first job title that's open. Field supervisor. Here's your job duties. 
responsible for managing and supervising poker players as they play cash games and tournaments in daily live casinos. So basically you walk around and make sure that, you know, everyone's uh, playing well, not on tilt, you know, really playing like they said they would. Administering a poker player's bankroll and oversee a player's overall performance and maintain profitability in bankrolling poker players. (laughs) That's the job. Now, uh, you might wonder, how much does that job pay? Well, it pays a very... Generous $75,000 to $140,000 plus equity. I guess equity and whoever you're staking. Uh, um, regions, USA, Europe, and Asia. And here's my favorite part. If you want this job, you need to email them with the job number. Yes, it has a job number. Now, is this job number one? No, that would be too easy. It's job number 164767. <laughs> So I, I guess there's 164,766 jobs other than this available. So they, they need the job number. In fact, it says at the bottom here, if interested in any position, please submit the following. Full resume, job title, job number, and contact app, uh, information. So, so you have to submit the six-digit job number. Uh, now, I'm not going to read all of these, obviously, but here's my favorite one. And some of you might want to do this. If you are not happy with your lifestyle... Even if you're making like 100K, 200K a year at your regular job, you may think you're doing pretty well, but you're not because you could be the national director of field operations responsible for managing all field operations and personnel within a country or global market responsible for overseeing and managing all poker player development and complete bankroll management and overall profitability of its national poker market. And how much does that pay? That pays a whopping four hundred to five hundred thousand dollars plus equity. Wow! My goodness. And by the way, if you want the job number, since you need that to apply, it's one seven six two two one. So uh, this is comical. Uh, everything this guy does on this poker approved page is to look big time. That's the reason for the job numbers, by the way. Uh, When you have 15 jobs up there that people can apply for, and by the way, there's no way this guy's hiring 15 people, but even if he is, if you have 15 jobs, why are there six-digit job numbers that are seemingly random? Like, we have another one, 133614, another one, 182004. Like, why do that other than trying to look like you're so big that you need a six-digit job number? Like, a five-digit number would not be enough. Why even have a job number? when you have 15 positions available and you're a small company. Like, the only place you'd ever see a job number, which, by the way, I've never seen in my life, but if you were to see one, like, if I were applying to work for Time Warner Cable, I would understand if uh, they said, please refer to job number 182004. Fine, because they're gigantic. But this? (laughs) Why is there a six-digit job number? It's the same reason that they say they want $15 million of investment. It's the same reason they say they'll stake you up to $6 million. It's the same reason they say that you'll fly in a fighter jet if you play their $5,000 tournament. It's the same reason that everything they talk about, these private cash games with billionaires, everything is super big time with these guys. In fact, everything is so super big time that they even use the word super all over the place. Super this, super that. Super millions. Everything is just larger than life with these guys. And that's the problem. Well, it's one of many, many problems. But that's one of the biggest giveaways that this is BS. Whenever you see anything that is over-promising to the point of ridiculousness, anything that looks just so large and so 
grandiose, despite you never really having heard of them, that's always a huge red flag. It reminds me of, you know, years ago when I would be in chat rooms and a girl would come in who would look like a, a perfect 10 uh, off the pages of Playboy magazine at, at 3 in the morning on a Wednesday night and say, hey, you know, any guys want a hot chat? And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. There's no way that girl is the one chatting with me here. It's probably a, a 400-pound dude. Like, there's no chance because, again, the person doesn't know how to use subtlety. If the person used a picture of, like, an average-looking girl, I, I also might have doubted things, but I would have believed it a hell of a lot more. And it's the same thing here. This guy knows nothing about subtlety. In fact, he does the opposite. This guy wants everything to look huge and impressive and grandiose, and that is a dead giveaway that nothing is as it seems. Because real life doesn't work like that. Not everything in real life is this big. In fact, even compare something that actually is big, like the World Series, to something like this, and the World Series seems like small potatoes to what's going on over here. So uh, this is a joke. And uh, the biggest mystery to me here is not so much that some Canadian guy may be living in his dad's house in a small town in Ontario is is pulling this whole thing off with a slick website and and some smooth talking on the phone, but – what is Gabriella Hill's part in this? I would love to know what is going on with Gabriella Hill. If you know Gabriella Hill, please get in contact with her. Please explain to her everything I've explained here. Please have her read the Poker Fraud Alert thread about this in the Scam Scandals and Shadiness form. And please have her understand that this is not a good career move for her, no matter how deep she thinks she's into it. Because this is bad news. So... Um, anyway, and I'm, I'm sorry for uh, wasting all this extra time of yours here. You could have hung up at any time, by the way. You didn't have to hang on the phone all this time. But, uh, you yeah, know, I just figured uh, okay. yeah, we're, we're just here talking about it. Uh, you, you can take off any time you want. To. Now, uh, before we end this segment, a little about you. How long have you been uh, been playing poker? Um, I've been playing since I was 18. 18? Um, huh? So about eight years. Oh, so, yeah. so you're actually giving your age here. You're 26 years old, you're saying? I'm 25. Oh, 25, uh, okay. Well, 26, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. So you've been playing for eight years. Mm-hmm. Now, how have you been playing since 18? Were you playing online? Uh, yeah, I started playing online. Um, and then a little while after, um, I, was just, I was just grinding uh, online. And I started playing in the casino live when I, when I turned 21 and then Black Friday happened and I've just been playing um, a lot of cash, just a lot of grinding, you know, one, two and moved up to two, five years ago. I am by no means a poker professional. I did this recreationally for a long time. It supported me through college. It's, it's, uh, it's been very generous to me and I loved the sport and it was just a hobby. So, um, but I decided to um, give it a try. I, I applied to med school uh, last year, um, yeah. and I pulled back my application because I wanted to give poker a try. I met some people, and they told me, you know, you can do it, and I have some good friends who, who helped me and gave me good advice. And and I just decided, you know what, I never thought I would do this professionally. I never thought I would give it a try. And I just said, you know what, if I don't give it a try, I'm going to regret it. So giving myself a year, year and a half to see what happens with it. If I go deep in the tournament or if I win something, I mean, it would be amazing to play poker, you know, and, and travel and, and support my, you know, my parents and, and take care of them and stuff. And, um, never, you know, 
uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, you never say never, but you you never know, and and hopefully I'll win something, and 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 you know, I can go far. But if if not, it's fine. I'll go to medical school and I'll continue doing it as a hobby. I mean, I love poker, so yeah, I love to talk so, about it. I love to play. So, so, so you're more of a but, no. uh, more of a recent poker pro, whereas before you were just um, playing kind of recreationally. No. Now, now, now more. Not, not not pro, but um, I I did it more more recreationally right now as a hobby. Um, it was always fun for me and and I have to make more money in it and and so I just always stuck with it was always my go-to was always my way to get away from New York I would just get in my car and and go to Borgata and play for a few you know play for a few hours and stay the night and and play and win and go home and be able to take care of my bills and 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 have fun and it was just always a fun thing for me to do now are you from I would again pursue it are are you Mm -hmm. uh do you go to the world series every year I have not. I have not been at all. Um, this year will be my first time there. I'm actually really excited. It's been something I've been looking forward to for such a long time, and um, trying to uh, get into. I'm definitely going to play in a few. Just trying to see which ones I can play. Obviously, I want to play the main event, and, and you know. Are you um, going to play the uh, the Millionaire Maker? <laughs> I think so. Yes. Think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's a crazy you event. That, one. that uh, it's going to have about mm-hmm. six thousand or more mm-hmm. people. And uh, if if I can make a suggestion, make sure awesome. to register <laughs> the night before. Do not show up that day and right. try to register. You're going to be like a six hour line. But uh, it's actually <laughs> it's actually a pretty good event because Perfect. it gets that gigantic field. You really do get a uh, mm-hmm. number of amateurs in it, and uh, that was actually mm-hmm. probably the best value fifteen hundred dollar no limit tournament that I found at the World Series last year. And and I'm in cash in it, so I'm, I'm hoping to improve on that. And uh, you know, maybe we'll even a fluke will occur and we'll be at the same table. And uh, if that if that's true, then uh, uh, just please don't bust me up. But uh, anyway, uh, so you know, good luck at the World Series this year. And uh, you know, I, I don't blame you for wanting to take advantage of what appeared to be an opportunity at first. Uh, I, I can tell you. That if I were female, and uh, you know, if I were an attractive female, and, and people wanted to pay my way to enter tournaments or host events, or of course I'd do it. You're like, why not? It's free money. It's free entries into tournaments, um, and and why not? So, uh, in fact, I'm surprised. I guess because you weren't playing professionally before when you were uh, playing right. over the past eight years, right. like, you I didn't you didn't try to get uh, any kind of sponsorship because the poker world oh. loves. A, you know, a a young attractive girl in the game because there aren't that many of them. Yeah, I mean, I, I would rather win something and get recognition that way than um than than just be a, you know a, a girl who plays and you know is yeah. cute and whatnot and and that's that's that that uh, I, I I mean I, I I get that and there are not a lot of girls that play but I obviously want my my poker skills to be recognized more than anything and and it's it's. It hurts sometimes when I hear um, the latter, but um, I did just want to just backtrack really quick, um, just because the whole point of this, the whole reason why I'm I'm here, is to make sure that I mean, obviously people are aware that it's a scam and it's it's just so ridiculous. But I I I'm just I'm seeing on Twitter that they're they're relentless. I mean, they I was um, informed by a friend of mine that they approached Lily Coletto publicly and asked for her to host an event. And I quickly found out about it, and I quickly messaged her, and we exchanged phone numbers, and we spoke really quickly, and I told her, listen, I 
don't know if they're legit or not. I don't want to call them a scam. I mean, I'm waiting for Susan to call Who are we talking about here? I'm, I'm sorry. I, I missed. Who are you talking about what here? Lily Coletto. They, they contacted her on, oh, okay. on Twitter. L- Lily Coletto. Publicly. Okay. As her to, yeah, to host. And they were going back and forth. And someone follows her who follows me. And um, DJ actually is listening a good friend of mine, and he told me, listen, he's like, you need to, you know, you know, I'm just letting you know. So I quickly contacted her, and we spoke, and I told her, just be careful. They're very fishy, just just be careful. And she said, you know, thanks for the heads up and stuff, and she quickly got out of it. And so they're publicly still asking players, you know, who have an image or, 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 or not, you know, in my case. But, you know, and, and, and trying to get them involved. The whole point of this is, is just for everyone to know and talk about it and just, I don't want anyone to get scanning. Mean, it's obviously ridiculous about the, the, the numbers that they're throwing out there. And they asked, they told me they're, they're, they're thinking of backing me. And I said, listen, I have, and I didn't even look at their website at the time. I said, listen, I, I do not play those big stakes. I am not ready yet. I just don't feel comfortable with it. And, and I'm not ready. And we went back and forth with, with some friends of mine who, who told them, you know, my skills and told them, honestly, that I'm not ready for the big stakes. You know, two, five, five, ten, yeah. But, you know, not anything more than that, no. No. Yeah, so you so you just basically like, want to get the word out to people that uh, you know it, right. that not not to trust them, and that's that, that's what this whole show is about. This whole show every week, I, I try to inform the poker world of things they should watch out for because the key is getting information out there to the poker playing community mm-hmm. who and what to watch out for. Because the more information's mm-hmm. out there, uh, the fewer people get scammed. I always like to say scammers love secrets because they they don't want these things discussed. They want everyone to keep their mouths mm-hmm. shut so they can continue peddling their BS. And, um, yeah, this is uh, definitely bad news. And it wasted my time, you know, and, and people's money, hopefully. I mean, thankfully, they probably don't have any. Um, anyone that, that registered, hopefully, so no one is going to spend money. And, and hopefully no one's going to waste their time anymore because this is a big waste of my time. And um, But at the same time, I'm happy that it happened this way and, and, and people jumped in and my friends jumped in and helped. And, and we we're speaking about it here and, and hopefully people will, will, will just post it and, and, and for them just to go away and leave everyone alone and just let us play poker and just not worry about these dumb frauds and and. You waste of time. Yeah, know? I really think this is one guy. <laughs> I really think this is just one guy in his house in Merrickville, Ontario, Canada, so just doing everything. Just some, just sitting here day and night, just <laughs> just making up this whole dream of his. And what is his end game? I've I've wondered that myself. I I've tried to. I always try to figure out with these scams, like what is the person trying to accomplish? What are they trying to do here? Right. And. I can never know for sure without getting in their head, but the best guess of mine is that this is a dreamer, and this I'm not saying in a good way. I'm saying this is a dreamer in a bad way, someone who, who comes up with these grandiose, crazy ideas but does not have even a tiny percentage of the, mo- of the money to implement it. So he tries to trick people into believing that he has already implemented it and to invest their money and or time and or skills or promotion into it and hoping that somehow it just all falls together and then at that point he will have the money. And if it doesn't, well, then he's not out anything. It's everybody else who loses. And that's what I believe is happening here. I believe if by some miracle it all came together perfectly and the whole poker world decided to trust this guy and pre-register for $5,000 tournaments and not worry about if he's really going to show up and uh, um, and all these other ridiculous things that if everybody trusted him and signed up exactly as he wanted them to, 
that mm-hmm. he probably would really hold these tournaments. But if anything slightly went wrong, which of course would, do you think he'd refund the money? I think there's a good chance no. I can't say for sure because uh, we don't know if anyone's paid him anything yet. But uh, uh, these are very common where people set out with these grandiose ideas not saying, hey, I'm going to rip off everybody. Hey, I'm going to scam everybody. But hey, I'm going to lie about my business. I'm going to lie about the situation, get people to invest their time and money to make my dream work out based upon these lies and falsehoods. And that's what I – suspect is going on here and I think it's all being done by one individual in Canada who probably won't even leave Canada he probably won't be anywhere near Vegas this summer and I think that um, what Gabriella's part in this is, I, I don't know but maybe he got it you know, he brainwashed her but but I have no idea I doubt there's I, I doubt oh, there's anybody else involved <laughs> and other than Gabriella nobody has come forward and says that they work for them or have been staked by them so uh, thank you for appearing on the show, and uh, this has been a very interesting segment, minus the uh, half an hour connection problems. And I'm I, sorry I, do, about that. <laughs> I do appreciate you coming. You know, some of it was my fault too. I'll, I'll take uh, credit where it's due. And uh, but I'd like to thank you for coming on here and uh, adding welcome. to the segment. I was like having one of the parties involved rather than just speaking for everyone. And uh, <laughs> and thanks for the information you gave me privately as well. And uh, Hopefully we'll find out more in the coming weeks, and I'm sure I'll have an update on the show next week as to uh, what's going on here. So thank you for coming on. Right. Thank you, Todd. Uh, you guys are very welcome, and thank you for bringing it to um, poker players' attention, and, and hopefully we won't have to ever speak about this again, and I'll update you if I hear anything. But I'm still obviously waiting for his legal counsel to contact me yeah. um, and discuss some stuff. But don't know. <laughs> I will keep you guys updated for sure. But um, thank you for... For bringing it up, and um, oh wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I'm getting a call here from his legal sure. count. Hold on, his legal counsel, I think, is calling me right now. <laughs> that's that's his lawyer. Forget. Okay, so uh, yeah, thanks for coming on here, and uh, good night. Good night, guys. Bye. And we're gonna make one more call. Anna is now off the line. I kept her on the phone a very long time. Part of me feels bad about this, but uh, a lot of me doesn't. You know, oh crap! No, <laughs> actually, I do feel bad about this. Wow, she was paying for every minute because she's in Canada. Oh man, I do feel bad now. Sorry about that, Anna. I didn't, I didn't realize that until just now when I was reading this. Half an hour ago, she told me that she's paying per minute. Jeez. Let me tell you, I'm a cheap Jew. I can appreciate the sacrifice you put in here. I would have tried the Skype further if I knew this. All right, so uh, I'm going to try to make another phone call. This one probably not as friendly. We're going to try to call Mr. Giles Guimond. Let's see what he has to say about this. So I have his phone number. He might an- may not answer. Good chance he won't answer, but you never know. We get our surprises on this show so I call him up here I have a phone number for him that is current to my knowledge and in Giles's case here I don't care if he's got a plan here we go never called this number before so 
We're in this one together. I'm unavailable to answer your call at the moment, so please leave me a detailed message, and I'll return your call as soon as I can. Thank you, and have a great day. Message erased. At the tone, please re-record your... I'm going to try to call it. The reason I'm pressing buttons there, I'm going to call that right back, and I'll explain in a second why I just pressed that button. Also, might as well just call the guy back. Why not? No, I'm not trying to hack his voicemail in case that's your idea. I'm unavailable to answer your call. Please dial the 10-digit mailbox number of the person nah. you are calling. All right. Uh, sometimes if you hit star when you're calling a uh, phone like that, it will say hello and then say the person's name, like if they recorded their name into the system. So I wanted to hear what name he said, but uh, it did not work that way. So you got to hear the voice of Sergio or Giles, whoever the dude's name is, Guimond, the owner of Poker Approved. And uh, I have a feeling maybe the guy was listening to this. And did not want to answer the phone. So, oh well. Maybe we'll try him a little bit later. It is near midnight. I did just get a message from Anna telling me, first of all, that it's okay that I ran up her phone bill. And second, that uh, that was his voice. So, same guy she spoke to. Anyway... A lot of people in poker are watching this situation. I've gotten a number of emails from people, pretty uh, well-known and influential people in poker, saying, we're listening right now, and we are very interested to find out how this plays out. A lot of people very curious about this mystery. Some people have been affected directly as well. I will go as far to say that I do not know of anyone yet who has given this guy a penny. So I can't say that he has stolen money from anyone because if nobody has paid him, even if he's attempted to get them to pay him under suspicious circumstances, if they have not paid him, then uh, nobody has lost any money. People have lost time, but nobody's lost any money, hopefully. But you never know. There's plenty of people who are gullible and who don't think things through and who end up sending people money when they shouldn't. But I do want to say that for the record, that I don't know of anyone who has sent him money and I don't know of anyone who has received money or stakes from them. Again, if you know Gabrielle Hill, please get me in contact with her or please speak to her yourself about it and let me know what she says. Because I think she's the key to understanding this. That's the one part of this mystery I just cannot solve. Next week, we will cover this more. 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355 is the phone number. 
S double in the chat room says he wants to call. 775-372-8355 is the number. Show your caller ID. I'll take your call before moving on to the next segment, which is the Ben Affleck story. Kind of an interesting story. Definitely won't take as long as this one. S double saying Druff has my number he can call for sure. Do I have to go look up his number now? Gotta be kidding me. Well, in the meantime, let me read some tweets we got here. This is from the 661 area code on April 29th. Annette Oberstad had no problem cashing out at lock. She took her winnings and went to the buffet at Bellagio. <laughs> from the 815 area code, this is why I like the show, Todd. You're all for fair treatment to everyone. Your dedication to calling out anyone, even when you may disagree with what a certain someone did or stand for, is a quality I wish every politician had. I never understood how all people don't think that way in the first place. Maybe this country is just full of a bunch of sackless, drama-feeding, dwarf-looking, my-little-pony, gay-loving, asshole-licking numbskulls like Sonatine. Now, you didn't need to do the Sonatine in the back, at the end there. I, mean, I, I liked it until the Sonatine stuff at the end. Okay, so, uh, but thank you for the compliments there. It's from the A15 area. 574. Hey, Drew, I've been listening for a while and enjoy hearing about poker lifestyle. Do you allow a, do you allow members to solicit others for research? Doing research on addiction and behaviors. More info if interested. I, I don't know what that guy is trying to say. This one's from Germany, from a Vegetera. Druff, have you ever disguised yourself playing blackjack, like with a fake mustache? And I'm a Swede, not a German. Why do you call a German with bad eyesight? Uh, what do you call a German with bad eyesight? Bad eyesight, not C. Ah, come on, that's from Vegetera. I, well, you're from the country code forty-six. I'm seeing here. I thought that was Germany. That's why I call you a German. But okay, you're not German. Someone from seven three four attempted to send me a picture or something, but it didn't come through. From the 410 area code, someone wanted to hear more of Anna and less of me. It's actually uh, S-double. Please let her talk or let someone call in. I guess he got sick of me. And this is from Hot for Sauce, a female listener here. My boyfriend needs whoever gets hired for that job, bankroll management. All right, so those are our texts here at 775 Fraud 55. Actually, a lot cleaner than our texts usually are. Usually they're pretty dirty, to be honest. But I'm, I'm really losing my touch here. Everyone's telling me 46 is not the country code for Germany. 46 is Sweden. I used to know all this stuff. Not all of them. But I used to know the major ones. That's right. Germany's 4-9. Boy, I'm getting old here. I'm getting old. Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry I called you German. I just think I know the country codes, and I don't. I know the country code for Canada. That's one. I know I don't have that one wrong. All right, let's talk about Ben Affleck. This is a a situation that uh, is making it all over the mainstream news. And sadly is making card counters look bad. Because uh, when these things are in the news, it makes advantage players like myself look like we're cheaters. makes it look like anyone who doesn't do what the casino tells them to do is cheating, which is not true. 
If you're card counting, you're just using your head. You're playing a game by the rules, but seeing things that others are not, through not any without any form of cheating or devices to do it, just using your own brain to give yourself an advantage in the game. I understand why casinos have the right to kick you out if you're card counting or to change the game in some way like they do in New Jersey if you're card counting. But uh, at the same time, it's not a crime. It should not be a crime. It should not be considered cheating or unethical. It's not. So Ben Affleck was booted out of the hard rock after being caught card counting. And that surprises people because you think of a celebrity like Ben Affleck, who's obviously very wealthy, and you think of him gambling, you just kind of think of him like a sick gambler. Like you don't think of a guy who's playing with an advantage against the casino. It's just not what you'd picture from Ben Affleck or any celebrity for that matter. So Ben Affleck was barred shortly after 10 p.m. from the blackjack game at the Hard Rock Casino on April 28th. And this was after he was changing his bets based upon the count. Now, what is a count? There's a lot of misinformation out there about card counting. You hear card counting, if you don't know much about it, you think of the movie Rain Man. You think of some person with almost superhuman abilities to remember every single card in the deck that comes out. And that's not what card counting is. I'm a card counter, but believe me, I could not remember every single card in the deck that came out. I don't have that ability. Almost no card counters have that ability. In reality, card counting is keeping track of the low cards coming out of the deck versus the high cards. The low cards are two through six, high cards, tens, or aces. And when a disproportionate number of low cards have come out, that means that there's a lot more high cards in the deck than normal. And at that point, you raise your bet because at that point, the player has a big advantage. Now, normally, players don't know this because they don't keep track of all the cards coming out, so they don't know when there's a disproportionate number of high cards left. But card counters do, and they say, okay, at this point, I can play at an advantage, so this, therefore I'm going to bet more now. I'll only bet the big amounts of money when I have the advantage, and I'll bet the small amounts of money when I'm at a disadvantage. So that's what card counting is. It's not about being Rain Man or knowing every card that comes out. So the very basics of card counting are to increase your bet when there's more big cards left in the deck than small cards. So that's what Ben Affleck did on April 28th at 10 p.m. at the Hard Rock Casino, and they kicked him out of the game. They did not throw him out of the casino. They came to him and told him that he was too good for the game, and they've actually used that language to me too when I've been caught and that he can play anything else in the casino, just not blackjack. Now, they don't always take this approach. Sometimes they'll be more harsh. Sometimes they'll kick you out of the whole casino. Sometimes they'll even do what's known as the Trespass Act, where they'll actually tell you that you are not allowed back on property, and if you do come back, that you'll be arrested. But uh, most of the time, on your first offense of card counting at a particular property, they will just tell you that... Uh, you need to not play blackjack there anymore. 
me take this call here. Caller, you're on the air. Uh, Jay Stat here. Jay Stat, uh, a Card County expert himself. Uh, make sure to turn down your radio in the background. I just did. Okay, very good. So what would you like to add to this conversation? Well, you had mentioned uh, Affleck used uh, high cards as um, for his advantage. Uh, he was using an insurance um, count. And in the normal uh, high-low count, the aces are included as high cards. Yeah. Uh, but he, he was not using high-low. He was using a, a 10 count. So how do you know that? Are... How do you know how he was doing it? Uh, the media reported uh, that uh, cas- Casino uh, said he was using an insurance count on many, uh, the L.A. Times. I didn't uh, see that. Uh, yes. Um, many media sources said that. So he used a 10 count where the aces are considered low, low mm-hmm. cards. And uh, the, uh, the uh, card counting experts uh, d- didn't want to let a crisis go, go to waste, and, and they promoted the high-low count, which was not true. The media was uh, bamboozled by these experts. He, he was using a similar count to mine, huh. and he might have used my count. Really? So, so you're saying you're saying that Ben Affleck was actually uh, probably doing a better job than most card counters? Uh, no, he was just using um, an insurance count. So when there was an ace up by the dealer, if there was a two to one ratio of tens uh, to non tens, he would have the advantage. Yeah, it's not very high EV, but it's effective. And uh, the media was dead wrong, and uh, many people are going to hit go to Vegas, and they're going to lose their shirts if they relied on this on the stories. Uh, oh, I having... see, I see. You know what? You're right here. So you're telling me that. Uh, so it's what it says here in this article, which I hadn't. Uh, I somehow skipped past this part accidentally. It says Affleck uses perfect basic, a common term for introductory card counting, according to the alert. A uh, perfect basic meaning he plays the basic strategy without making any mistakes, uh, but also takes insurance according to the count. Uses uh, so so yeah so so basically you're saying he wasn't adjusting his bets uh, based upon the count. He was just taking insurance based upon the count. Correct. Okay. Yeah, and the media just blew this out of proportion. Oh, okay. Wow. So that's, that's very what different. a great PR move by uh, the casinos. But if you read between the lines, uh, he was using a, a legitimate count, but he was not using high low. So, so, you, so actually, if you just do this, um, you're not uh, you're not going to be a winning player doing this. Just the insurance count. Well, in a single deck game and a double deck game, yes, you you would start with a minus eight. The ten cards would be minus uh, two. The non tens, including the aces, would be plus one. You would start with plus eight. And once the count went to plus with an ace up, then you would insure your bet. I see. Well, and I want to get you technical for the audience here because this, uh, you know, most of them, I, I find all this interesting, but most of them, to, to them it's too much detail. But uh, but, so, but you're telling yeah. me that you believe that in a single deck or a double deck game that uh, if you just do this insurance uh, count like he was doing and only place insurance at the right time but not adjust your bet otherwise, that you can still be a, uh, a positive expectation in the game. It's more effective in a handheld game, yes. Okay, well, and that's, that, that, that's what I wanted to add to your to your show that the, that the media does not get their facts right. You read it where he used insurance that the, the casinos busted him, 
because of insurance. Hmm. Now, I've been laid out, um, banned. I got banned at the Luxor before the MGM uh, bottom, and uh, they offered to pay for my suite in a luau and, uh, in exchange for me not playing, and they wouldn't tell the other casinos that I was in town, so I was allowed to play all over town. So that was a fun barring. It's a badge of honor. Yeah. Well, I've been barred out of a number of places, but okay. Well, thanks. Thanks for your input on this. And, uh, but yeah, my, I didn't even know for some reason I missed this part of the article, but that's really interesting that they only caught him doing that, but he was betting, uh, fairly large, wasn't he? Well, he, he was betting 100 to $10,000, a one to 100 spread. Yeah. Uh, if the casinos put a $10,000 maximum out there, yeah, if they're not serious about booking the bet, they shouldn't place that placard out there for $10,000. And, and Hard Rock has a, well, the guy, the, the, guy, the head of uh, surveillance isn't the brightest bulb in the room. <laughs> okay, so, so uh, but, but he was, if you're saying he was playing a winning game, then it was actually correct to kick him out. Yes, for for a handheld game and uh, doing insurance perfectly, uh, that that's enough to give you an edge. Yeah, well, it's interesting. That game. It's interesting. So Ben Affleck, anyway, he uh, he was basically uh, counting the aces. Uh, he was he was counting the ten cards against the non tens. Yeah. Including the aces. Including the aces. So and so he figured out when to properly place insurance and when not to, and that was enough to give him enough of an edge. Now, according to the article, on April twenty second, um, the games protection manager at the Win warned uh, about Affleck that he was uh, moving his money with the count, and uh, but, yeah, the, but but they were still letting that, that him play. That was a ten count. And uh, Las Vegas has a, a network called SIN. It, it, it stands for the Surveillance Information Network. And I, I'm in it. Uh, once you're in there, you're in there forever. Uh, they, they have their own little network. Now, so what the if you're in that? So what happens, put it in SIN. what happens once you're in that? You're in the facial recognition software of, the, uh, you know, of every uh, casino in Nevada. So, but, but what but, happens if you, so you're telling me that if you sit down at a blackjack table with uh, then they instantly find you, uh, provided they have the facial recognition uh, capability and just kick you if you're in there? Yeah, yeah they won't kick you out. They'll say, uh, "Have you had enough fun yet, uh, Jay Stat?" No, I mean, yeah, I mean about that. They'll kick you out of the game, is what I'm saying. Yeah, they, uh, they don't. I, I've I never actually, been kicked out of a casino. But. I, I actually I've been have a told friend. Not to play. I actually have a friend who uh, I believe is in that system. He actually had a funny problem where he went to p- play poker at the win, never even approached the blackjack table, and while he was playing poker there, they approached him and said, "We need to talk to you," and they asked him a bunch of questions, and then they said, um, "Okay, so all you're going to do here is play poker." He said, "Yes." They said, "Okay," and they didn't directly tell him he can't play blackjack, but they were just asking what he's here for. And like they gave him the third degree, and they knew exactly what his name was, uh, and he realized that he must have been in the book, so to speak, and that uh, they recognized him with the facial recognition software, but they recognized him playing poker, not blackjack. So they were just uh, trying to. Uh, get him to understand that that's all he's going to play there, even without directly saying it. 
And uh, I was having dinner at the Mirage after I was put in sin. Two years after having dinner with my family and, and four security guards at the Mirage. Well, they have red coats, yellow coats. They were standing by my table just looking at me. So I just went up and we talked for a while, and it was a signal for me not to play. They've done that to me before, too. Like at the Aria, I had a female pit boss come up to me just and say, Hi, Todd. And I hadn't given a card or anything. And yeah. I, said, I said, Oh, do I know you? And she says, Oh, um, um, I knew you from the Mirage. I was like, Well, I hardly ever played there. She's like, Well, well, I, I remember you anyway. I'm like, Oh, okay. She's like, Well, how are you doing? I said, I'm, I'm fine. She's like, Okay, well, enjoy playing here. And then, so of course, the next hand I just picked up and left, and that's what she wanted. But it was like, yeah. I thought that was smart because this way, whenever they kick players out of a blackjack game, it kind of alarms the other players there and it makes them feel nervous. So this way, it made it look like we were just having a friendly conversation and then I voluntarily left. So that was perfect for them. But that, I had to do that because I wasn't going to get myself thrown out. So I was barred at the El Dorado in Reno, pulled away from the table. Uh, casino manager told me, uh, uh, no more blackjack. You're too good for us. That was, a, you know, that shocked me the first time I got barred. I got so upset I uh, wrote my congressman and told <laughs> him to get their commercials off the TV, no, really which said, wow. "Come play with us, come stay with us." Yeah, it's in Reno. They're very fast about it. I've I've been booted from a lot of places in Reno, like just lightning fast. So, but I got away with it for six years because my account uh, uses a blackjack frequency, which I've written on your uh, forums. Yeah, and I got away with it, but. Uh, I just want to give you my two cents worth, okay, and well, thank you. Uh, hopefully was... your audience hasn't fallen asleep yet. Okay. And I enjoy your show, and keep up the good work. Oh, thank you. Thank you for calling in. Hey, take care. That was Jay Stat giving us some information about the Ben Affleck situation, giving me something extra that it was in the article, but I had missed, and I was going to skip over that and miss a very important point. So apparently he wasn't even doing the full raise your bet, lower your bet thing with account. He was just taking insurance based upon the count when he when it was correct to do so. And even that got him barred. So I think the media likes to make a big deal out of this simply because it's Ben Affleck, because it's about something that implies he was cheating in some way. It sounds like a scandal when it isn't. But, you know, props to Ben Affleck for actually uh, playing to an advantage, not just throwing his money away. I had wondered, before getting this clarification, if maybe they just kicked him out without enough information. Because I've known losing card counters, that is, card counters who are not doing it right, who've gotten kicked out, just because the pit bosses don't look close enough to see if the person's really playing a winning game. They just see behaviors that look similar to card counters and kick them. And they are trying to card count. They're just not doing it correctly. They're actually playing a losing game. But as far as the pit bosses see, oh, they're card counters and kick them out. And these people walk out thinking that they're so good the casino didn't want their action. Well, if the casino really knew, if the casino watched closely, they'd be glad to take their action. In fact, I've said before, if you're a card counter, and you don't have some sort of unorthodox strategy like uh, JSTAT here does, if you're just running what they call the high-low strategy and never getting kicked out or rarely getting kicked out, you're probably not a winning card counter. You're probably fooling yourself if they let you get away with it, or if they mostly do. The bigger places are actually more likely to examine you closely, whereas the smaller places just kick you at the first sign you're a card counter. 
whether you're a good one or a bad one. Let's move on here. So, the hell did my agenda go? A court has affirmed a judgment against Dutch Boyd related to his 2 plus 2 case. I've covered this story before on this show. Basically, Mason Malmuth and 2 plus 2 had a judgment against Dutch Boyd for cyber squatting. Cyber squatting is the act of taking a domain that is similar or identical to a company name and taking it for yourself and either attempting to sell project products or services making people believe that you're that company or trying to get the company to pay you to get their domain back. In this case, Dutch Boyd registered 2 plus 2 poker.com. I said earlier 2 plus 2.me, but that was someone else. This was 2 plus 2 poker.com. The actual site is 2 plus 2.com. Dutch Boyd was sued over this by Mason Malmuth and 2 plus 2. They were awarded $25,000 in statutory damages and almost $34,000 in attorney fees for a total of uh, around 59000 Not quite sixty k So there were some differing opinions on this. Some people thought good. Obviously, this was done to confuse people. Obviously, 2plus2poker.com implies that it's affiliated with 2plus2.com and by Dutch Boyd registering it he was trying to profit in some way off of 2plus2's work some people felt this was a proper judgment others thought nah that's crappy especially because Dutch Boyd did offer at one point to return the domain to Mason and not charge him for it 2 plus 2 also sued an Anthony Scocosa in Pennsylvania who actually wasn't even the one guilty of doing it. That was the 2 plus 2.me site. That was actually registered by one of our users, Yebsite, who's not Anthony Scocosa. And uh, I guess he registered this in Anthony's name as a joke or something, and uh, poor Anthony suffered the brunt of it. But anyway, getting back to the Dutch Boyd situation. Dutch Boyd said to Poker News about this situation that they got uh, that the U.S. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals so got all the way up there about the upholding of the March 2012 judgment of almost 60k. He said it's definitely a bad beat. I guess there's more than one person rooting for me to have a really successful World Series this summer. So Dutch saying that. He's broke, but uh, Mason must be rooting for him to win so he can collect him from him. And uh, that's probably true. And Mason said on the forum, I don't know if he's made a statement yet, but he said, well, maybe we'll be making a statement in the near future, but we're very happy with this decision. Well, let me tell you my opinion about this. 
First of all, I'm not a fan of Mason Malmuths. I'm currently banned from 2 plus 2, not for breaking any rules there, but for refusing to post an apology to someone on my own forum. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. I've covered this on a different show where he felt I was uh, falsely accusing someone of something and that because I would not publicly apologize to them on my forum about a matter that took place on my forum, that he is banning me from his site, which is a bunch of crap. So uh, I'm not going to let Mason control me or telling me what to do. So I'm gone from 2 plus 2 again. And again, not for breaking any rules. So I'm no fan of Mason Malamuse. I think the guy's a control freak. I think he's got a lot of issues. But in this case, I think Mason Malamuth is right. Cyber squatters are scum. Cyber squatters seek to profit off your name or your business. They take either who you are or what you have done and try to make money from it. There is no reason that Dutch Boyd should have ever made a penny from 2plus2poker.com because 2plus2 was Mason Malamuth's invention. He built 2plus2 and anything 2plus2 makes should go to Mason Malmuth and whoever else might be a partner in that company, not a cyber squatter like Dutch Boyd. Now, I will say that if he contacted Dutch Boyd soon after he noticed this and said, hey, give this back to me, and Dutch said, okay, here it is, and he sued him anyway, then that's kind of a dick move. Because in that case, Dutch was willing to hand it back for free without any trouble, And while he could have sued him, I think at that point you just let the guy go. Even if his initial intentions were bad, if he immediately does an about-face and returns it to you, fine. And I think suing the guy at that point is being a jerk. However, if Dutch gave him any resistance whatsoever, which I don't know if he did or didn't, then once Mason had to go and hire an attorney, at that point I don't blame him for going through with a full lawsuit and for trying to collect both the attorney expenses, which were pretty high, being uh, 34000 but it's not surprising, and uh, as well as the judgment of 25000 You know, once someone makes you sue them, then you deserve to collect whatever you win. And even if Dutch changed his mind once he got served with the lawsuit, at that point it's too late. At that point, Mason's already paid a lot of money to these attorneys. At that point, the process has already started. At that point, the horse can't be put back into the barn. But in general, I think cyber squatting is a sleazy thing to do if it's for profit. Now, let's say someone screwed you over in some way and you cyber squat their name to alert people to it. Let's say someone scams you or steals from you and you, let's say some guy named John Smith does it to you and you register johnsmith.com and say, hey, everybody, I'm John Smith, and I'm a scammer, and then you tell the details of the scam. There's nothing wrong with that, because here you're cyber-squatting for a purpose of informing the public about a bad person who's done a bad thing. And that, at that point, it's a whole different matter. But I'm talking about opportunistic cyber-squatting, where you're just cyber-squatting just to steal from someone, just to make money that should go to them. You're making money from their name, likeness, or product just because you register a domain that is similar or identical to their business or legal name. I have been a victim of cyber squatting, not of Dutch Boyd, but a jerk registered toddwitellis.com back in 2005, just a day after I won my bracelet. 
the guy wanted $1,200 from me to get that domain back, or $1,500. I refused. I tried to put him through the ICANN domain resolution process. I lost on a technicality that I won't bother getting into. And then through the magic of one of our users here named C-Money, somehow the domain got returned to me without paying the guy a red cent. So I have ToddWittellis.com again. But uh, I was a victim of a domain cyber squatter who basically registered myname.com and then wanted to sell it back to me for 1500 bucks just because he got to it the day after I won a bracelet. So cyber squatters, I have no respect for them. It should be illegal to do this. It's not, but it should be. And uh, it, when I say illegal, it's not criminally illegal. And civilly, as you see, you can lose if you're doing it to a company with a trademark. You can do it to someone or something without a trademark. But uh, if a company has a trademark, then you can't do it. And you can suffer monetary damages in court, as Dutch Boyd has here. So I have no sympathy for Dutch Boyd on this one. The only way I have a little bit of sympathy is if uh, he tried to return it as soon as Mason asked. And Mason just decided, F you, I'm suing you anyway. And I, I don't know if that occurred or not. Seven seven five fraud fifty five seven seven five three seven two eight three five five. If you want to call me, Let's see if I got any more text. Well, I was on my Dutch Boyd rant. This is from the nine five one area code. Fuck Phil Ivy. Jay Acosta is God. I'm sure that's from Jay Acosta himself. <laughs> so, unless he has a big fan out there. Well, there's a new movie coming out called Alligator Blood. I'm not sure when it's going to come out, but it's a story of former payment processor and thief Daniel Svetkov. Uh, Daniel Svetkov is an interesting story. This guy had a payment processing company called Intabill, and this guy processed a whole lot of payments that were made, payments and deposits that were made to and from Poker Stars in Full Tilt. This guy developed a huge business, and he was a kid. He was in his mid-20s. Daniel Svetkov also loved living the high life, and that's what attracted people to his story. That's what has led to books being written about him. That's what has led to this movie called Alligator Blood being made about him. Basically, a guy starting from nothing with big dreams, uh, building up this huge Intabill company, illegally processing online poker payments for uh, sites like Poker Stars and Full Tilt, and then stealing what's said to have been $100 million or so from these companies. Basically, the, the money that was supposed to be... Uh, paid out to players just disappeared and Daniel took it and spent it. And then it's rumored that he actually got turned in by his former employers. His former employers supposedly went to the U.S. Department of Justice and said, hey, you want to get a big payment processor? Here's his information. Because they're so mad that he stole the $100 million from them. So Daniel got turned in by the poker sites he was working for and then stole from. I don't blame them. I would have done the same thing. And then he turned into a snitch himself and is now in the witness protection program. So there's a movie called Alligator Blood 
that tells the whole story, and it doesn't surprise me. There's a there's a lot that is movie worthy here that the general public could appreciate. The uh, I mean, think of all the different elements here. The guy starting from nothing, uh, turning into a multi multi millionaire at a young age, illegally processing poker payments, to the thefts and irresponsible use of the money and the hedonistic lifestyle he was living. Uh, and then finally the being turned in himself and becoming a snitch himself. So I will want to see this movie. There's actually a book that was written about him that glosses over the bad things he did. And, uh, I hope this movie, which unfortunately is made by the same people who made the movie 21, based on the Ben Mesrick book about the MIT Blackjack card counting team. So the same people are behind this movie. And something I noticed about 21, when I saw it in the theater, was that the first half of the movie was actually good and interesting. The second half was awful. It was like two different movies. First half good, second half awful. Everything they did right in the first half, they did wrong in the second half. Everything. I walked into that movie 21 thing, thinking, oh boy, I bet they're going to get a lot of things wrong about card counting, about the whole lifestyle, about uh, the people who did it. Like I, I was just thinking this is going to be a disaster. This is going to be ridiculous. And the first half, I was impressed. It wasn't perfect, but I was impressed. I was impressed by its accuracy I was impressed by the believable characters. I was even impressed by a believable rejection where the female lead rejected the romantic advances from the male lead in a realistic way. I said, wow, this is pretty good. And then the second half, everything fell apart. It turned into a ridiculous story with stupid plot twists, with all kinds of holes, a dumb ending, and the girl who had rejected the guy in the beginning of the movie just abruptly decided to get romantically involved with him for absolutely no reason. Like, nothing changed between when she rejected him and didn't reject him. It just got later in the movie and suddenly she was interested in him with no backstory to that. So, anyway, with these same people behind this Alligator Blood movie, I'm a little bit afraid they're going to screw it up in a similar fashion. Because if they could screw up the second half of 21 that badly, then alligator blood could be screwed up entirely that badly. Jstat actually liked it. I'm surprised he liked the whole thing. I thought the second half was just ridiculous. What I liked about the first half, too, was that they made the card counting both realistic and also easy to understand for the layman, which I thought was impressive. But again, the second half, they just screwed up. So we'll see. I will post and post more information about that movie as we find out more and talk about it more in this show when we know more about it and even play a trailer for it when we, when the movie comes out. Of course, sometimes these movies are announced and never come to be for various reasons. So I'm not sure how far along it is. Speaking of someone who got arrested and speaking of a story about them that is not telling the whole thing and is portraying the person in too positive of a light, Brent Beckley 
one of the absolute poker cheaters, one of the people who cheated me and many others out of money on absolute poker, is the subject of a misleading puff piece from a Montana website portraying him as the victim. (laughs) Now, how exactly is Brent Beckley the victim, according to this site? They're not saying he was a victim of others at Absolute Poker. He's pretty much saying that everybody, including Scott Tom, the main cheater of Absolute Poker, were victims. Basically that the government, the evil government, made uh, criminals out of Scott Tom, Brent Beckley, Oscar Hill Tatum, and the others when they were really doing something that was of uh, questionable illegality. They really weren't hurting anyone or doing anything that bad. And they were made into big criminals and Brent Beckley had to leave his family and serve time in prison. Boo-hoo. All he wanted to do was run a poker site. All he was doing was chasing his dream. And stealing money from people. Yeah. So this article, let me pull this up. It's, the article is called Almost Billionaires. And it's on uh, MontanaCayman.com. That's M-O-N-T-N-A, Montana, uh, Cayman, K-I-M-I-N.com. It's called Almost Billionaires. If you just Google Almost Billionaires Brent Beckley, you will come up with it. And this article, which, by the way, the reason Montana is interested in this is because that's where Beckley grew up and he went to college there as well. Uh, Brent Beckley is portrayed as somebody who was just aggressively trying to help the absolute poker site grow, and then the DOJ clamped down on him on Black Friday, that he was uh, taking the brunt of the Department of Justice wrath, which is not true. It is true that he was convicted ultimately of processing poker payments for online poker, which was illegal due to the UIGEA law. But that's not the biggest thing Brent Beckley was guilty of. Brent Beckley was one of the AP frat boys who stole money from the players. Absolute Poker stole money from the players in two ways. First, by using these super user accounts to see their whole cards, like what happened to me. And second, by stealing the money that was on deposit. When Black Friday happened, PokerStars was able to pay all the U.S. players who had balances on that site. Full Tilt was not. Turned out they were broke. And Absolute Poker, a.k.a. UB, was not. They were also broke. So all the balances that were listed in your accounts on UB, it was phantom money. It didn't exist. All the money had been stolen by them. Some of it had been mismanaged, but a lot had been stolen. In fact, an AP insider told me that they had been doing this for years and years and years, going way back to like 04, 05, that they figured out how to take money out of the site and figure out what rate the money's coming into the site and figured out the minimum they need to maintain there to process cash outs. And provided they had that money on hand, nobody was able to tell that they were actually stealing the rest of the money on deposit. 
And that's the way they operated. They just kept taking money out of the site, according to this insider, and kept just enough to cash everybody out. Now, they were cashing me out you know, prior to uh, the cheating scandal that occurred there when I was playing. Yeah, I was getting big cash outs from them. As I said earlier in the show, I was the biggest limit hold'em winner on that site in 2007. At least until in 2007 until I actually quit the site. It was uh, like in October. Or September, I guess I quit there. But uh, I was getting very large cash outs from them. But I was one of those people that they were counting on having to pay and keeping that much money around to pay me and others like me while stealing the rest of the money. And eventually when their expenses rose because payment processes were were less reliable and were getting busted and things like that, well, then they had no money left. Then they had to really restrict cash outs. What they were doing at the end before they went down was they brought cash outs down to like 2000 a month maximum, something crappy like that. And the reason was they just didn't have the money to cash anyone out. So they could process very small cash outs for certain people and that was it. And then Black Friday happened, that was the end of them. And it was found they had just about no money. So that money had all been stolen. Stolen by Scott Tom. Stolen by Oscar Hill Tatum. Stolen by Brent Beckley. Brent Beckley was actually the head of the payment processing department. So if anyone knows where that money went, it's Brent Beckley. So this salt-of-the-earth human being who's portrayed so sympathetically in this article, nothing is mentioned in this entire article about the super-user cheating scandal. It just skipped over. Nothing is mentioned about... Uh Uh-oh. Some sound issues here. Sorry about that. Nothing is mentioned about what occurred after Black Friday, where all the money was gone. It's kind of implied that it's the government's fault for busting all these payment processors. But um, it really makes it look like that Brent Beckley was a victim of both bad luck and an over-aggressive government. In fact, one of these sections of the article is entitled Bad Draw. When describing about uh, him going to prison, in fact, it's the beginning of the article, Brent Beckley woke up at 4 a.m. on October 1st, 2012, and kissed his two young boys goodbye while they slept. Isn't this sad? He pulled on some jeans, comfortable shoes, and a sweater. His wife bawled as Beckley stepped out of their home in Highland, Utah, about an hour away from Salt Lake City. Can already see where this is going? That Brent Beckley is a sympathetic character. About his wife crying, about kissing his kids goodbye. And I think I can't read the rest of this without putting the proper music on here to set the mood. I'm already getting choked up here, I admit. I feel so bad for Brent Beckley. He was just trying to do his job. (laughs) Uh, Let's see if I can go on here. 
They had been preparing for this day for a long time. It felt like preparing to die. No bags, the cabbie asked when Beckley stepped into his taxi. No. Wow, you're interesting already, said the cabbie. The cab drove him an hour to Salt Lake City International Airport, where Beckley boarded SkyWest Flight 4668 to Denver, scheduled to depart at 6.50 a.m. He didn't have a return ticket. One of Beckley's former fraternity brothers from Sigma Alpha Epsilon picked him up from the airport (laughs) and drove him the two hours south to Florence, Colorado. There, Beckley stepped out of the car and surrendered himself in front of a minimum security prison that looked like an elementary school. Tan bricks, brown rocks, and no grass. A guard told Beckley to stand by the fence and ordered his friend to leave. What are you in for? The guard asked. I ran an online gambling business, said Beckley. That's not illegal, is it? Asked the guard. I guess so, Beckley replied. He was taken to the processing facility where he stripped out of his clothes and placed them in a box to be shipped home. Naked, Beckley was physically inspected. His cavities searched for objects. Oh, come on, that's not funny. That's not funny, stop. This is a sad story, don't laugh. So what if his cavities were searched for objects? That's not, stop laughing. Stop laughing. Stop laughing. It's not funny. This is a human being. Then he put on a green prison jumpsuit, canvas belt, and black boots. He picked up his his mattress and handbook and carried both across to the compound to his new home. So that's the story of Brent Beckley going to prison. I'll tell you, the only thing that really makes me cry is the fact that he's out. And that Scott Tom's not there with him. Uh, by the way, the article also talks about how Scott Tom is virtually imprisoned in Antigua because he can't leave. Because that's, that's where he was when these busts came down. And Scott Tom's afraid if he leaves Antigua, where they're uh, apparently not going to extradite him, that uh, he'll be arrested somewhere. That's also very sad. But I, I won't play the violins again. So... amazing articles like this are still coming out making these guys look good they definitely don't deserve it and you know uh, Ben Mesrick if you remember the author of 21 wrote a book about Brent Beckley and Scott Tom and Oscar Hill Tatum again portraying them in a positive light and he knew very well the rest of the story because all the Poker players concerned with this tried to tell Ben Mesrick, but he didn't want to listen because he already knew. All right, so finally we're going to have an editorial tonight and maybe a few Ask Dan Dreff questions if we have time. 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355 is the phone number. The editorial tonight, we have a call. We have a call. Matt the Rat, Hello. Hey, it's MTR. How's it going, Druff? It's good. I think I'm going to have to turn you down. I'm kind of loud. 
Not your fault. Oh, okay. Not your fault. You, you can you can be loud. Hang on, I'm just gonna turn you down here. All right. So Matt the Rat, what's going on? Uh, are you gonna have any PFA hats this year? Ah, oh, jeez. You know, every year, every year I think this. I should really have Poker Fraud Alert shirts and hats made. Oh, but it's too late. I'm just thinking of this, and it's May, and the World Series is starting in late May, and, well, I just don't have time to get this stuff printed unless I want to pay a fortune to have it expedited. So you know what? I'm not going to do it this year, but next year, next year in Israel. No, next year. Next year year we'll do it. I I keep saying next year, and then I forget. I actually thought today when I was driving, I thought, you know what? Maybe I'll have at least a shirt made for myself so while I'm playing the events I'm playing, I can have a Poker Fraud Alert shirt on. And I thought, uh, maybe I'll do it. Uh, maybe I won't. I, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. But the answer right now is no. But uh, maybe we will in the future. I think this year it probably won't get done in time. Uh, are you still coming out for the Millionaire Maker event? Yeah, the Millionaire Maker and a 1K and probably play some deep stacks and uh, bring in the wife to go on the Ferris wheel and maybe see a couple shows. Oh, wow, the Ferris wheel. You know, I, I'm curious about that thing. I can't believe 40 people fit in one of those pods on the Ferris wheel. It doesn't look like it when you look at it from a distance. But uh, Well, they say they're air-conditioned, so you don't, you're don't. not going to have a big bunch of fat, sweaty people in there stinking it up, I think. Well, you probably will anyway. They'll just be air-conditioned also. So, But anyway, yeah. I, I mean, it'll be interesting. I, I want to go on it myself. I'm hoping I get some kind of, like, coupon or comp from Caesars for this. I'm assuming at some point that'll be offered to me. So that that's kind of what I'm waiting for. And uh, I I am curious about it. And I, I think even Benjamin will enjoy it. I, I don't know what they charge for kids. Maybe he's still young enough to get in for free. But anyway, uh, look forward to seeing you during the series. It's just a few weeks away now. The Millionaire Maker event is just uh, 24 days away. And, yeah, uh, I, I put in the thread there hasn't been much response, but, I mean, if some some people want to get together and uh, go over some beers or something, maybe while I'm down there or you're there, we can just post in that thread and then yeah. uh, just, just wing it. Yeah, that's in the World Series forum. You can check this out. Uh, people will we'll have, like, an informal get-together uh, maybe around that time and, and maybe again later in the series. It's hard because the series is seven weeks and people come out at different times for it. And it's hard to find a time when everyone's together because everyone comes there with different goals of what they want to play. Some come for the main event only. Some come for uh, one specific event they want. Some come for uh, the side games. Some come for the deep stack tournaments. Yeah, like it's, uh, it's hard to find a period of time where everyone's going to be there or even the majority will be there. So, And, of course, we have a lot of people that just don't come at all. So uh, whoever's there, though, is welcome to uh, come out and uh, – you know, yeah, and I'll, I'll uh, keep my tradition alive and bring the usual uh, hard-to-get Canadian goodie stuff. If anybody wants some, they're more than welcome uh, to take some from me. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, yeah, we'll just uh, play it by ear. So I'll see you guys when I'm out there, and I'll uh, I'll post in the, uh, in the thread there. Okay. Thank you, Matt. Okay, see you later. All right, so getting to my editorial. My editorial is about bonus whoring. What is bonus whoring? Does it have anything to do with uh, prostitution? Is it about getting bonuses when you uh, – bonus action from prostitutes you buy in Vegas? No. Then why do I call it whoring? Well, bonus whoring is actually the act of redeeming some sort of bonus offered by a business and only 
utilizing that business's services to get the bonus and then quitting and no longer giving them business after that. Now, that sounds pretty sinister. It sounds pretty bad if you think about it on the surface. Uh, It's called bonus whoring because you're using them for their bonus. And once you get what you want, you leave and never see them again. And that's pretty much what you do with a whore, a real-life whore, where you uh, use them for what you need, money changes hands, and then you leave and you don't ever see them again. So bonus whoring can be done in a few ways. There is casino bonus whoring, where basically you go and get players club cards on promotions, where you know, like you sign up for a players club card and they give you $100 of free slot play, or they reimburse your losses with free slot play. Uh, you know, they have one of those running right now at uh, the Tropicana. They used to have one running at the Cosmopolitan. Uh, they've had some even better ones running at other places in the past. Uh, so there's casino bonus whoring, but what's more lucrative and in some cases easier to do is credit card bonus whoring. Credit card bonus whoring is very simple. You see a credit card offer where if you sign up for a credit card and spend a certain amount of money, you get a bonus, usually ranging between $100 and $750, sometimes airline miles. And then once you attain the bonus, you stop using that card. And then you get another card with bonuses and use that card. And you keep just getting card after card after card after card and redeeming the bonuses, you know, spending just enough on them to get the bonuses. And once you hit that point, you don't use that card anymore. Obviously, the bank does not do very well when that happens. And you also pay your bill right on time so you don't pay any interest or late fees. So when you do that, the bank loses money. There's no question. There's no question that is not a profitable situation for the bank and that you're the one who makes that well. Some of these bonuses are better than others, and some of them require a lot of spending in a short time. Sometimes you have to spend as much as $5,000 in three months, and not everybody spends that much money. But if you do, if you do spend a lot of money, rather than putting it all on one card that you're used to using, you can just keep getting card after card after card and satisfying the minimum requirements of the bonus and basically getting free money. And it adds up. 150 here, 500 there, 250 here, 50,000 American airline miles here. You know, like, you really end up with a lot of money, a lot of miles, and you can clear thousands of dollars doing this. You're not going to make a living doing it, and of course you have to spend money to make money, literally. But if you're spending the money anyway, why not? Now, I had someone today on the Poker Fraudler forum, because I have a thread where I actually post cards that you can get to bonus whore with, which is, by the way, completely legal, and the banks are very, very aware of the fact that people do this. You're not pulling a fast one on them. They're very aware there are bonus whores like myself who use these cards up to the point that I need to to get the bonus and then quit. I had someone out there saying this is unethical, that this is shady. In fact, that he is surprised that I would do something like that while at the same time coming on here and calling out scammers and other people engaging in shady behavior when I do this myself. He says I'm getting these credit cards based upon false pretenses 
So is bonus whoring a bad thing? Is it an unethical thing? Well, I think you know my position on it since I do it. I'm not going to say I'm a terrible guy. So obviously I am pro-bonus whoring, but how can I be? How can I be pro-bonus whoring? Isn't bonus whoring taking advantage of the casinos? Isn't bonus whoring taking advantage of the banks issuing these credit cards? If you know when you do it that the companies are going to lose money and you're you're going to gain, is that not almost a form of stealing? Or at the very least, kind of shady and uh, awarding yourself money that... uh, Really, you're not entitled to? Answer is no. Bonus whoring is a business transaction. It is not scamming. It is not grifting. It is not shady. It is not trickery. You are entering a business transaction where both sides are very clear of what the terms are. When a casino offers to give you free play back up to $200 in your losses... And you go there, and you play exactly two hundred. You play exactly until you lose two hundred dollars. Then you go get the two hundred dollar free play. Then you run that back through, and then never come in again. You haven't cheated them because you are not expected or required to keep playing. The only agreement you have with them is that you will get the card, that you will follow their instructions and that they will give you the free play based upon those instructions. And that if you follow what they say to do, they will give this to you. There is no expectation that you have to return. You're never asked to promise that you're going to become a regular or even an irregular customer. You're never asked to gamble again. They do this because they know a high percentage of the people do come back. This is a way to get people in there. They also know that some people will keep playing past when they lose that first $200. It's a loss leader. And when you have a loss leader, you will always have people that are wise to the loss leader and will use that loss leader to their advantage and then give them no more business. And that's what a loss leader is. That's the risk the business is taking. And it's completely ethical for you on the other side of the business transaction to say, hey, I'm going to do what's best for me here, not what's best for them. I'm not stealing. They know very well what I'm doing. They know very well that there will be many people like me who do it, and they are enabling it, and they are, while they prefer I don't, they're fine with the fact that some people will, understanding that that's part of the promotion. Same with the credit card bonus whoring. Now, banks will have commercials all over TV and radio making it like, look like they care about you, making it look like that they feel good when they give you a home loan and you have a nice home for your family to live in. But they don't care about you. You are a number on a ledger to the banks, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not one of these anti-corporate types. I, I understand the whole thing. You are a cold business transaction to them, And they should be a cold business transaction to you. You should not feel bad for them when you make money off of them. And they should not feel bad for you when they make money off of you. They are in business to make money from you. But in some cases, you can make money from them. 
and there's nothing wrong with that. As long as you are not stealing, as long as you are not cheating, as long as you are not misrepresenting yourself, as long as you are not tricking them in some way. But when they offer you a credit card where you get $300 if you spend $3,000 in 90 days, and then you go and spend the $3,000, pay your bills on time, don't pay any interest, spend exactly 3000 on your card, and then redeem the 300 and be done with it, you've basically gotten a 10% rebate on the $3,000 you've spent. You've basically gotten 10% off everything you've bought at the bank's expense, and they've made very little money off you. They didn't make no money off you because they did make the fees that were paid by the merchant when you used the card, but the merchant did not pay 10% fees, so overall they take a loss. Overall, when you do that, they lose and you win. You gain, they lose. That's true. But they are the ones who designed their promotion that way. They are the ones who made the rules. You are following the rules. You are entering a business transaction with them where you are careful to where the transaction remains in your favor. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing that. And if they don't like it, then they can change the terms. And I think eventually they will change the terms. In the 90s, some of you might remember the long-distance wars. This is back when paying for domestic long-distance was a big thing. AT&T and MCI kept giving you money to switch, and I kept getting calls every few months. Hi, this is AT&T. Would you like to switch? We'll give you $75 if you switch to AT&T. I say, okay, and they send me a $75 check. A few months later, ring. Hi, this is MCI. Would you like to switch to MCI? We'll give you $75 to switch to us, okay? They send me a $75 check. Four months later, ring. Hi, this is AT&T. We'll give you 30,000 airline miles if you switch to us, okay? Switch to AT&T. And I did this back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and I, I got a lot of money from them. But they were offering it to me. So I said, sure. I wasn't scamming them. I wasn't tricking them. I was accepting offers they were making to me. And that's exactly what you're doing as a bonus whore. There is no rule that when you are redeeming offers by companies that you have to continue using this company in a fashion to where the entire transaction is advantageous for them. I am of the belief you should not cheat businesses. I am the belief of the belief that even if you can get away with ripping off a corporation, you shouldn't do it. But I'm also of the opinion that corporations do not care about you. You are a number to them. They don't care if you live or die. They don't care if you go broke. They don't care if the money they make off of you causes you not to be able to afford to keep a roof over your head. They don't care, and they shouldn't care. It's a cold business transaction. So on the other end, you should not care if you're playing by all the rules and doing everything that they said to do. You should not care if you are getting better at them. In fact, you should be proud of yourself for living your life this efficiently and making money where most people do not. Now, some people say credit card bonus whoring and casino bonus whoring is not worth my time, they say. And I can appreciate that. Maybe you make so much money to where it isn't worth it for you. Or maybe in the case of credit card bonus whoring, you don't want to do it because your credit score is important to you and you're afraid this will hurt your credit. Interesting side note, 
I've bonus hoard big time in the last, I'd say, six to nine months. And yet, my credit score has actually risen to over 800. So, it couldn't hurt you as bad as you think. But if you think it does, that's fine. I understand it. I understand if you don't want to do it, if you think it's a pain in the ass, or if you just don't spend enough money to where you can clear what you need to to get the bonuses. That's totally fine, and I can respect your decision not to do it. But it is not stealing. It is not shady. It is not abusing the system. It's just a business transaction where the bonus whore makes sure they get the better of it. I'll take some quick questions in the chat room. And then we are going to shut this show down. I think it was a pretty good show, aside from the failure in getting... Anna Kate on the line. I think I'm already getting the business from some of our listeners. Flipper Fair tweeted at Anna Kate. That was nice of you to listen to Todd Wittellis while he ignored you. Hashtag good sport. <laughs> That's not very nice. Chris Baud, who claimed he was going to listen to the show, says, I've missed it. Is it archived? It is. I'll tweet that out shortly when the the archive occurs. Uh, believe it or not, Z Burn, whoever that is, uh, or Z Brian on Twitter, claims he won the radio tournament and wants me to donate it to Anna for the international call that she had to make from Canada to stay on the line here. Wow. I don't know if he's serious, but uh, I don't know if she'll take the money, but Wow, that's nice of him. But I, you know, I, I I appreciate that she did that. And if really, if I knew, I, I was not trying to be selfish. Really, if I knew that Anna was uh, spending money every minute, I would not have kept her on the phone. In fact, I, when I said I felt bad about keeping her on the phone, it was just because I was kind of just talking and she was just there. And I was like, I hope this poor girl isn't thinking, like, I want to get off the phone. This guy won't let me off. I think I, I, I was thinking that as I was talking. So. Uh, once I found out that she was paying for that privilege, then I really felt bad. So thank you, Z. Brian, if you're serious about this, whoever you are. Let's see if I got any more texts. I'll also check out the chat room, see if people have uh, questions for me. Uh, did I read Alligator Blood? No, I did not. Have not read it. Are there any other calls here? Any calls, any questions in the chat room? Let's see the text here at the moment. From the 954 area code, the 954, along with other 561 financial interests, withdrew both from Bovada $500 and Carbon Poker $1,200. Both came in a timely manner. Only Carbon check bounced. They said they would send another check. Can you explain why they bounce? I don't think it's from insufficient funds. Can you give a reason why these checks bounce? Yeah, the reason Poker Room's check Poker Room's check bounces is because the payment processor has some problem. These, usually because they get busted or because they close up shop or just because they do something wrong. Usually it's because the payment process they were were using 
has stopped working with them or gotten in trouble or disappeared or whatever. So the check balance, just have them reissue it. It's only if you have like a chronic problem with checks balancing that you should be concerned. Uh, when I played a lot on Bodog, which is now Bovada, occasionally I had a check balance. So I was never worried, and they always covered it, and they covered the fees my bank charged me for it. So no big deal. It's just a reality of playing online poker these days. Caller, you're on the air. Yeah, free Huh? I did not understand that. I'm sure it was an important thing he told me. I just didn't get it. 704 area code texted to me. I signed up at Pompano Isle Casino in Fort Lauderdale and got $5 worth of free play and won 20 Big money right there, but hey, free $20. Oh, very good. You know, you uh, that's uh, from Hot for Sauce. Good. Free 20 bucks, good deal. So uh, I guess the chat room is not very curious tonight. Usually they have all kinds of questions for me, but nobody – now this person's calling back in. Caller, if you're going to shout something, make sure to be more clear. What do you want to say? Free Drexel. A free Drexel. Okay, got it. So this person wants uh, Brandon Drexel Gerson to – Return to the radio? I don't blame them. I want him to return, too. Brandon, how do you feel about that? That's all we've heard from Brandon in the recent past, but I hope that changes. So... We are at the end of the show. By the way, I guess Anna's not that bitter about me uh, doing most of the talking. She said, thank you. He was doing his thing, no biggie. Had a blast. Thanks, Todd. So, all right. I hope she means that. I hope she's not just being polite. It's the first guest we had in a while. I don't want to screw that up. So thank you for listening tonight. If you miss this show when it's not on, I have good news for you. We're going to be back in six days. Wait, 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 wait. Not six days. We're going to be back in five days. Five short days. May 12th, we will be back on a Monday at around 6.30. I always say 6.30 and I end up starting late. So around 6.30 p.m. Pacific time, we will be back on May 12th. Then I have some bad news for you that we will not be back until May 28th, I believe as we will be taking a little break on this show. Hopefully not too many things happen during that time, but i got some stuff going on in my real life that uh, get in the way of doing radio. Yeah, the next one after the May 12th show will be on May 28th, so we'll have a 16-day hiatus. Hopefully you will get along without me just fine, and then... Provided I don't make too many day twos and day threes in the World Series, which I I hope I do, but uh, provided I don't, then we will have normal schedules throughout June and all of July. So it should be a pretty regular schedule here. Thank you to Anna Kate for coming on, despite all the phone trouble and despite her high phone bill from being on this show, which I honestly feel bad about. And to all our new listeners, all our old listeners and our free roll donors, thank you very much. I will see y'all in five days at 
around 6.30 p.m. where we bring new scams to light and follow old ones here on PokerFraudAlert.com, the Druffin' Friend Show. Good night and shalom.